At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Hello Guardians and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. We are back. Thank you so, so much for joining us. We have returned from a little bit of a break and we appreciate you all tuning in tonight. We have an amazing guest on the show. Tonight, we welcome Wilhelm Scream, a Destiny 2 content creator. He's a YouTuber with nearly 50,000 Guardians strong. He's a Warlock main. He is not a hunter. He has been kicking ass on YouTube for seven plus years, covering all things Destiny. And we hear he's a pretty big Xbox fan. And we're going to invite him on the show tonight. We're going to dive into so many things. We have a lot to talk about. We're excited to have him join us tonight. We're going to talk about Season of the Splicer in Destiny 2. We're going to talk about the latest news from Bungie and so much more. Guardians, we are back. And you know who else is back? Shadow Price. Shadow Price is back. He is a man with a mixed identity at the moment. <laughs> On the one hand, he is Shadow Price, but on the other, he is someone else. 
How you been, Shadow Price? I've been doing pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm back. I'm back in Destiny 2, too. You can, you know, get it this week in the nightfall and everything as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's good to be back. Uh, feels like it's been way. Bungie is so excited that Shadow Price came back. They put him into the nightfall, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Thank you, Bungie. We appreciate it's just you. Good. It, yeah, it's nice to be back. It's been way too long. Um, lots has changed. Lots has happened since then. Um, and it's just, yeah, I'm happy to be back talking destiny again. And it's funny cause I just said, I would, you know, we were talking retro stuff and things like that. Cause we, we were a bunch of collectors and I want to just, you know, say I did make a crazy purchase last night. Um, you guys remember the, po- another crazy the, purchase? Like it wasn't expensive either. It wasn't really that expensive for, okay, what'd you buy? Do you guys remember the power pad from the original Nintendo? Like the, the little, like for the track and field thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, you got that. Yeah, I found one of those on eBay. That's so awesome. And it came with the game, like the Mario Brothers, the Duck Hunt, and the track and field with the light gun for 50 bucks. And I was like, oh, man, that's a great deal. This is a vintage item. And the power pad was like in like great condition. The only thing that wasn't in the great condition was the box. I'm like, I don't care it about it. It wasn't the- crushed by a three-year-old in the 1980s. No, no, it's still like, <laughs> it says still works and everything. So I'm just like, that's awesome. hell yeah, that's done deal. Free shipping too? Like, okay. So yeah, I made that purchase and it'll be arriving here in a few days. <laughs> and I'll be uh, jamming out on my power pad again like it was 1986. <laughs> so Wow. You know, 1986, that is the year I was born that's crazy. <laughs> That's the year I was born. Wow. Twinsies. <laughs> Small <laughs> world. <That's> awesome. <laughs> I think there was a few other people born in 1986, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was. A lot of great guardians were born in 1986. You know, it's funny about the power pad was I didn't use one of those uh, until like probably a friend of mine had like an old, you know, um, Nintendo with all of that, I didn't, I hadn't played on one of those until I was like in my teens. And I remember like him taking it out and laying it out on the ground Mm -hmm. and was like, we're going to play, you know, what's the Olympic game? Track and field. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, where did, where did this come from? I was like, is this a new thing that they just, he's like, what do you mean a new thing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, they had this for the Nintendo in the eighties. He's like, yeah. Like, wow. I feel like we took a step back somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about Nintendo. They always, they, they're always innovating. They always have these weird creations, but it just, you know, it's, it's so, it's just Nintendo. That's Nintendo for you. You know, it's like, well, that's a good buy. Yeah. You know what I really appreciate about Nintendo? I really appreciate that, like, Nintendo games of any video game, they, hold their not only value but timeless right like you can play a old school mario game today and it doesn't feel like it didn't age well feels like yeah the game's just as good as it was back in the day yeah i think we have a better perspective on games now where it's not about there was that sort of like arms race of like graphics 
you know, through the '90s and early 2000s. Oh my god, we sort of the console wars past that between Se- yeah. Sega and Nintendo. <laughs> Sega and Nintendo. Sega and does with Nintendo. And Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we're kind of over that. Where now it's just like, if it's fun, you play it. Like, I, right? I, there was a really good movie I, I watched. I mean, it's several years old now. It's almost yeah, almost a decade old now. Uh, called Indie Game. It was a really great documentary, and it was all about the guys who created Super Meat Boy. Oh, nice! And while they were making, while they were creating Super Meat Boy, and you know these are these guys are you know they're multimillionaires now. They've had multiple games that were successful, um, and I'm sure they <laughs> you would you would think that they're as confident as anybody could be. But when you see where they were when they were making that game, you realize these guys have to have a huge sense of humility about themselves, no matter how much success they've had, because they put themselves through, I mean, mental and physical strife to make that game. It was only two guys, and they worked for like two years, making no money, living on like like hand to mouth, you know, just is whatever they could, living with their parents. And then they make this movie and like, or make this game, and then overnight they're like millionaires. They call them it's team, like, team Meat, right? Team Meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a great documentary. Like, I, I always recommend it to anybody who's uh, who likes games at all. But like, just also just how I feel like that game was one of those ones, or the indie games that sort of started coming out like around 2010, like really sort of changed what games had to be at that moment and they could just be like a real broad spectrum of stuff like whatever was fun whatever you know was challenging it didn't have to be call of duty or uh you know halo even though those are the games that i loved or destiny yeah it it had an arcade like feel to it i mean right and and the difficulty running around was like it's really hard game though too right it was it was a really challenging game Yeah. yeah I see my kids playing it every now and then. They they were playing on the 360. They just sit there and just grind through it. I'm like, man, you guys are really good at this. <laughs> so, yeah, that's too too difficult for me. <laughs> too much platforming. But uh, it's a good game. I will play it through at some point, but uh, just not anytime in the near future. I have too much Destiny to catch up on. We do have a lot of Destiny um, to catch up on. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Destiny, Guardians, we have a lot to talk about, and it would not be the Destiny show without the discussion with the Guardians, and we're going to put our guest tonight, Wilhelm, we're going to put him on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians. We're going to learn much more about Wilhelm, how he got started, and so much more. So Guardians, I hope you're ready. Wilhelm, I hope you're ready I am. I hope you're ready. And <laughs> before you start, I do want to say thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I really have loved the podcast for a while, and um, uh, you know, I'm, I feel lucky to be here. And just thank you so much. And it was a great intro. I don't know if I live up to half of that intro, but I uh, I appreciate it. And um, I'm excited for the questions, and I'm excited once again to be here. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank yes. you. It's an honor to have you here on the podcast with us. We're grateful for your time and for joining us tonight. And we're going to get the show on the road. So the first question we have for you, kind of a common question. How did you get started in Destiny and this whole YouTube thing? Um, okay, so 
cut me off if this rambles on too long, because sometimes I can can get a little bit too specific. But um, essentially, I went to school for multimedia. Um, so I went to school for film, actually, uh, college for film. And um, I was a competitive Halo player in college, Halo 2. Uh, and before that, a competitive uh, Unreal Tournament player. So never really thinking about doing anything with those two things together at the time in college. I graduated from college. I started working in media, um, still playing games. Um, and two things sort of happened simultaneously. One, YouTube really started to get very popular. And I was already having other clients that I was working for asking me to post stuff for them on YouTube. And I sort of realized that, you know, this is where uh, a lot of advertisement was going to be heading. Um, and that was really what I was working in at the time. Um, but then another buddy of mine was, uh, who was a big gamer, started doing uh, live streaming on Twitch. And I had kind of heard about Twitch uh, around the, the same time. Um, but uh, one of the things that actually first drew me to Twitch uh, was I was watching a, uh, I was watching YouTube and I looked up, um, I found a Halo montage. And um, I don't remember exactly how I came across the Halo montage. If I looked for a Halo montage or I think I was looking for an old clip of like in Halo, in the original Halo, there used to be this like weird little glitch that you could do where you'd pack a whole bunch of grenades under a war, uh, well, under a warhog and you could like blow it up because all the grenades mm -hmm. would like you could just continually kill yourself and a, you and a friend and you could just stack up all these grenades enough to like launch this warhog across the map. So I think I was looking for just like halo clips just for my own interest. And I came across this montage uh, by Ninja. Funny enough, the Ninja. Wow. <laughs> and this is when he's very young. He's about, you know, I was 20 or maybe he was like so he had to be like 19 at the time and it's this really cool edited thing and i'm like boy this is really you know this is this is really neat it reminded you know i remember years before when i was in college there was a, a team called a halo team called straight ripping and they had released a montage on like e-bombs world or something like that or, or Newgrounds, or one of those like you one of those websites they had, I think it was E-Bombs World, they had like, you know, internet videos on it before YouTube, you know? I remember those I guys remember I, because I yeah, remember yeah. watching uh, G4 and I think it was- Right, uh, yeah, G4 on, used to be on there all the time. Yeah, yeah they were on X-Play and G4, yeah. And like, um, I remember had I had seen that and it kind of reminded me of that, but I was like, oh, this is like one guy. and Or is this one guy? And then there was this weird clip in, in the montage where it cuts to him and he's sitting, I see him sitting in his room with his headphones on. And there's a shot of, you know, Ninja. And I see him, like, playing the game they, in, in the clip that they're showing. And I'm like, what is this? I'm like, who videotapes themselves <laughs> on camera playing, ga like, a video game? I'm like, is that a thing? Like, I was just <laughs> out of the loop, you know? Yeah. I didn't really get, it was, it was sort of a, a slightly young, not younger group, but it, 
I, I wasn't into the live streaming thing yet. You know, I hadn't really heard about, um, what was it, uh, Justin TV or Twitch TV at the time. And Twitch was really early, young at this point. I think, it, I, I think at the time that I saw this, it had literally just gone from Justin TV to Twitch TV. So anyway, I find this montage. I see this guy has a Twitch channel. I go over there. And I'm, you know, I start, I watch one of his streams and I'm like, you know, this is kind of, I can see how this would be entertaining. And at the same time, I had a buddy who was, again, really into games and he was going to, he was thinking about posting some YouTube videos. And I said, you know, maybe you should live stream on this Twitch TV. It seems like it's kind of a thing. And he was playing Smite. Um, shout out to my buddy Reaper Guyver. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll listen uh but um he uh so you know these two things were kind of happening at the same time and i started watching these ninja live streams and eventually because i was you know a, a halo person i kind of ended up meeting some of the same people that he knew because i was playing like mlg and stuff like that and then eventually because i was in his you know, I, I, I would comment in his chat. I became a moderator in his, on his channel very early on, talking about 2012, uh, right around the time that he started playing Destiny. So I ended up in his raid group for Destiny 1 when he played it. It was me, a guy named Fizzer, who was another YouTuber, um, oh, Fizzor, right? I remember. Yep, Fizzor, yep. Yeah. I don't know if he does Destiny content anymore. Um, his ninja's brother. Um, and I can't remember who the other two guys were. I think there was a guy named Broly Bro who was maybe one of his in that group. But in any case, I was running the raids with them for like that first, you know, the first two months of uh, Destiny 1. And I played with them, I think, in the beta. I didn't, not in the alpha, but in the beta. And, uh, yeah, so that was happening, I, you know, and that was kind of interesting, but I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. I started making some Halo montages for other people uh, in the Halo community around that time. Um, and then at the same time, my buddy who was streaming Smite, I started taking clips for him because he asked me to and sort of breaking them up, finding stuff that, you know, plays that he made in Smite and uploading them to his YouTube channel. And they started doing, like, really well like he had you know one video got like twenty thousand views in a day another one got like forty thousand views and i was like wow you know this is cool you know so i started thinking you know maybe i should just do this myself and um yeah i kind of wish i had done it uh a little i had started doing it a little bit before because um you know ninja stopped playing destiny and obviously went on to do other things <laughs> uh but um which is sort of which is really funny to me because i mean the point i always thought he was going someplace but like you know the the point where i met him and the point where i played with him it it's it was a big i mean he was big he was known but it, it's kind of it's kind of just funny just to think about you know like i just because it's he's just always that 19 year old kid that i saw 
yeah. in a Halo montage. It's it's an awesome story. You played with Ninja like before he got really before. Really... Well, I mean, he was still big, but yeah. not like not like now. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, not like the guy. For, I didn't I don't know, know he played Destiny. Anymore, but... I didn't. I heard that he played Halo. But I didn't know he that played, he, he was a big. Oh, he was a really good Halo player. Like yeah. he was one of the best Halo players by by for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he was it was just like as soon as he he had he was actually I remember when he streamed the alpha and the beta, he was like the guy everybody was watching on Twitch for Destiny. Um, and he had had some relationship with Bungie at that point. And then for like a, the month or maybe two months uh, after the release of Destiny, he played it as the main game on his channel. But then uh, a kind of a tragic thing happened to him, unfortunately. Um, well, actually, I, I, this might have happened right at the beginning of, of Destiny. I can't remember if it happened at the beginning or what, but it kind of looked like he was going to be the big Destiny streamer. But then right at the beginning, he had a detached retina in his eye. Oh, um, and I mean, oh, no. it just happened to him suddenly and he had to go in for eye surgery. And I remember he was he couldn't do anything but like look. He had to look straight down. He couldn't look up for like a month. It was sort of a weird thing for a young kid to have happened to him. But he, that kind wow. of like destiny kind of came out and he never really got, you know, back. He wasn't really able to get into it at a time where he could become sort of one of the faces of it. So I think mm-hmm. he's moved on, you know. Right. But that was kind of how I ended up doing Destiny content. And it was just sort of a uh, simple thing. You know, like I do a Zer video every Friday. Um, and that was really all I did. Occasionally, if I saw something else, I would, um, you know, make a video on it. And I just kind of did that uh, without really thinking about it too much as a hobby for probably about two years. And then... Um, you know, eventually, you know, you get a, you get some more interest and you start just uh, doing more things. I hope that wasn't too long an explanation. No, it was a really cool story. That's awesome. Like, you know, wow. I, I did not know that Ninja actually started playing Destiny. I, he I had didn't no not idea. start. He didn't start streaming. I mean, he but he did play it when it released. But he was a streamer long before that. He kind of went through a thing where like he was one of the first streamers on Twi- on Justin TV and Twitch. And Halo was really popular at the time during Halo Reach. Um, so he was streaming. He was big on there for a while during Halo. But then Halo kind of lost popularity, and other games got popular. Um, and he's I think. You know, he was sort of one Call of the of first Duty guys. Was like getting Call of Duty, yeah, game huge for a while. Yeah. When like Nade Shot came around and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I remember when all those guys kind of came on the scene because I was just sort of, I didn't, you know, I just thought, I don't know what I'll do in this space or what this space will evolve to. It being Twitch live streaming or gaming and multimedia in general, but it just. I had an overwhelming interest in it and all things it for a while. So I just want, I was always just kind of hyper attuned to what was going on, like what was popular and when. That's awesome. So like, do you look at your YouTube project as like, is it a hobby? Is it a side business? Like how do you look at your YouTube channel today? I would say it's a, you know, at, at this point, it's, it, it is a side business. Um, 
but it's a hobby, meaning I'm having, I enjoy doing it. You know, like it's not something that I feel I have to do. Uh, I, it's just something I enjoy doing and I just have fun. Like in a way I kind of almost enjoy making a video about destiny almost more than playing it myself. If that makes sense. It's like, I like hearing about stuff that's going on. I like, I like hearing about what other people are talking about. You know, it's just kind of, um, I don't know why destiny really hooked me as much as it did. It's the conversation. I think it's just all, I think so. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is too, like the things that I watch a lot, I watch a lot of lore stuff, but I don't make any lore videos myself, but I love hearing people talk about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, my name is Blythe, you know, like, all those guys. Yeah. And um, who, who, I'm trying to remember the other guy who... Oh, uh, Mylan Games. Mylan. Mylan Games, yeah. yeah. And um, No, but there Mylan. was another guy yeah. before them. Uh, Sir Wallen, probably. Sir with, Wallen, yes. With Plant Destiny. And, like, yeah. I I listened to a, all of that, like, at length. Oh, we've, we've talked about him in multiple occasions on the podcast here. Oh, okay, yeah. He... You know, I like I all of those, all that stuff. I I really enjoy. Like, I really enjoy the lore of Destiny, but I don't really make uh, any content about the lore, um, just because I I kind of feel as though there's other people that are doing that better than I could ever do it. You know, but uh, yeah, like you said, I just really enjoy the conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's all the narratives that you know uh, evolve around the game. It's not just the game itself, but all the you know, the narratives and all the different discussion pieces you can have and all the meta builds that, you know, with so many aspects and facets of the game, it's it's easy to have discussions in so many, you know, different ways about the game. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the lore in Destiny is very, very interesting because Bungie isn't the greatest at bringing that lore completely into the game, but like... Once you get to experience the lore, you realize there's so much more depth in the game than you ever imagined. And going into a raid and seeing those characters who have meaning now, whereas before they were just enemies that you're killing. And now you have so much more depth and context. And I think there's so much story in Destiny. And I I think it's one of the coolest uh, stories that I've come across in gaming. Yeah, I mean, I've I, read I the, loved uh, the Destiny Halo anthology. Well. Have you checked those uh, out? Oh yeah, yeah. So there, there are similar. You know, there's some parallels there, uh, but um, yeah, definitely one of the more you uh, unique. I would, I would say maybe I'm trying to think of another game that has an as expansive a lore. I mean, Mass, Mass Effect. Effect has a Mass Effect. Yeah, has yep. a pretty big lore. World of Warcraft has a huge lore. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm not as interested in Mass Effect is actually one that I have not gotten into yet that I Legendary Edition day. coming out I think what in about a week and a half week or so I, that's one I'm going to sit down and I'll spend a month you know and yeah. because I, I, I I've heard my friends talk about it and I always have questions for them and it always kind of you know it seems seems it's a, interesting it's, it's a game I always want to go to and I had the first one but it's like every time I went and played it I would get so far and then I'd just get uh, I would just go to a different game like my 
attention just got diverted away. It's like, right. You know, so. But yeah, so, um, but to answer your, I, I, I hope I answered your original question, but yes, it is, it is, it is a side business, but I mean, it's, it's always because, uh, you know, a, a product of something will emerge, but to me, it'll always be the dedication of a hobby because, um, that it that means that I truly enjoy doing it. I think once you make it a once it becomes a business and that's solely what it is, uh, then you know you're you're just putting it into a different space of your life. And I never want to look at you know video games that way. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. It makes total sense. Yeah. And I I think that there's something to be said about being able to monetize on something that you enjoy doing. Certainly, yes. Yeah. Wilhelm, the next question we have for you is, you mentioned that you were a Destiny 1 alpha participant. How did that come about? So, um, being a big Halo fan, I was you know addicted to all things bungie when destiny uh, or excuse me when halo left uh bungie or when bungie left halo i guess and uh halo became 343 uh it was okay but it there was something missing in it i you know i don't know i never i always like to give bungie their credit and their criticism and that i don't ever think they realize what they do that makes their stuff great or what they have right yes i never feel like they've really (laughs) they themselves Mm -hmm. have ever really been able to pin down what they do better than anybody else or what makes them so popular i think they i think they know that they're good at gunplay and they're like oh we're good at this thing obviously (laughs) but i don't think they really know anything beyond that so you know i knew that there was a new game coming out i think in I'm trying to remember when they announced uh, Destiny. I want to say it was like 2013 or 2012 even, maybe. I think um, it was 11, actually, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Yeah, it might, I mean, it might have been that early. I try, It might have been when they left uh, Microsoft. Because they, right they had that like short, reach. that recording I, uh, out of the jungle or what, something. I can't remember what it was called. Out of the jungle or something with the jungle, I think, or something like that. Um, I'm, but, try, I, yeah. I'm trying to remember. But what year that was, I do remember that, though. Um, but in any case, I you know, was looking forward to it uh, just because, you know, any first person shooter. I mean, I played Call of Duty, too. I really enjoyed Call of Duty. But Halo was really my game. And um, so a buddy of mine, the same guy who I was making videos for, again, Reaper Guyver, shout out. Uh, he went out. <laughs> And bought a PlayStation 4 specifically to play the Alpha. And was like, yo, man, I just picked up... P-. He called me up, I remember, and he was like, yo, man, I just picked up the PS4. We're playing the Alpha. Come over. And I was like, all right, be there in 15 minutes. So we went over there and to his house, and I proceeded to play in the Alpha on uh, PlayStation 4 for uh, like two days. However, How long was it? Was it two days or three days? I think it was two days. Like two full days, the alpha. Yeah, I can't completely remember. I think it, it was. Been, at least, it might have yeah. been four days. It might have been a week. But or no, it was seven days. It was seven. Yes, because the wasn't the beta like a month 
or a week? It was like a couple weekends, like didn't they? Okay. Yeah, it had like one on the PS4, and then it went to the PS4 and Xbox One, um, and then there was one more. I think it was like three weeks or something. Uh, I just remember weekends. the alpha was just a few, a few. Di- I feel like it was just like a couple of days, but in any case, yeah. I was there and playing it uh, extensively, and I remember like the only map was really. The, well, there was the one on the moon, that initial for, one on the moon. Uh, first light. First light. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. Was oh, it um, Bastion? Dead Cliffs. Or was it was it a Bastion, the one on Mars, the big the big map on Mars? The big one Ten, on Mars. What yeah. was the, what's the one in on Venus? Is it is uh, it Dead Cliffs? Uh, is it Dead Cliffs? Uh, Asylum. It was Asylum. Was, Asylum. It was. Is a, that the one where? B flag is like, yeah, it's, it's like in the middle. That. Yeah, it's in the B flag was in the, uh, I think in the middle of the map, if I'm not mistaken. And then there was these doors or it was like in like a lab. It was set like in a lab or something. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. So there was only those few maps, but um, yeah, I played it a lot and I loved it immediately. Um, so mm-hmm. then when the, um, when the beta came to, uh, X, Xbox. I had a just a 360 at the time. I hadn't bought an uh, Xbox One yet. Uh, I bought an Xbox One actually just for Destiny, um, but I played in the beta on the 360. And then you know it was just the same time. You know, like I said, I was um, playing Halo. I knew Ninja when the game came out. You know, it was like that was the crew that I was playing with from pretty much day one. Now, were you more of a PVE player or a PVP player? Like, I was a big like, PVP guy. Nice. At the it, beginning, yeah. I got into it just because I, you know, I loved the Crucible. Like, I, I loved all the, it was, you know, it was, to me, it was like a perfect blend of, like, Call of Duty and Halo. It was, like, finally more weapons that I can use, uh, a bigger meta that I can play with, bigger than anything I'd even thought it was going to be because I didn't realize, you know, when you played the... Uh, alpha and the beta you didn't play with the uh the legendary weapons that you could you know upgrade and do all kinds it of was stuff the blues it. right it was right and the greens blues were like the, and, and maybe, greens yeah, and whites i think it was blues and greens were yeah the only things you could get yeah and, and um yeah oh go ahead <laughs> no it just it probably it felt like the wild wild west like probably like in the beginning like, oh yeah it, like, for sure it's like man trying all this out for the first time it's like for sure man Trying, you know, settling into a, a weapon, you know, class that, like, I remember trying to use, like, I, I got good with the white sniper rifle. Like, there was a white sniper that I would just, like, use in the beginning. And I was like, because it was on first light. And I was like, man, because this is, like, a perfect snipe map and everything. So, um, I remember the first legendary I ever got. And I thought it was, like, I didn't, even when I got it, I didn't realize that there was other roles of it. What'd you, what and was your like, first legendary? It was a Vanquisher 8. Nice. New Monarchy, Ooh. right? That's a good one. That was like my The New Monarchy auto rifle, yeah, right? Yeah, the New Monarchy. That was the first thing I pledged was New Monarchy. Nice. Yeah, I remember that was the okay. best thing I ever... I was like, this gun is amazing. Like, it was like, you know, probably the third day, maybe, or second day the game had come out. And uh, I just remember, like, I took that into the Crucible, and I never played so well in my life. And I remember just thinking, like, it must be this gun, you know? Auto <laughs> like rifles must... were cracked, too. In, it was like, so early on. I know. They yeah. Were... yeah. That one had a lot of range on it, too. Yeah. Speaking of guns in the Crucible, 
Did you get a chance to use the Vex Mythoclast mm -hmm. in that first couple of weeks when it was really OP? Yes, sir. Oh, my God. I it was, <laughs> and it was are glorious. You, are you excited about it coming back, or are you concerned about it coming back? I'll never be concerned about any of that stuff. I mean, as overpowered as a weapon might be, um, they'll never be more overpowered than shotguns. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a vendetta against shotguns and shotguns only. Uh, but I think all of those weapons, when, it, when it's an exotic, it should be overpowered. It should be crazy. That weapon should be should melt. You should, it should look at you. You should look at somebody, and they should melt. Yeah, and it, that's opinion. how it was too. That describes like, week one. It was. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> that describes it. Yeah. It was four just make it hard to get. You know, like make it really rare. I think. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I had one, um, but I knew plenty of people who didn't. I didn't and get it till after the after the nerf. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a game changer. Like. It, it had its place. You, it was the thing that I thought was it was fun to slay with it. You know, it was it was because the people just melted. You know, it was it was just that sound. You know, two two two. You know, it was just such a ridiculous weapon. Yeah, but you literally melted weapons. people with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, even around that time, the thorn was always better in my opinion. Oh my god, like, the thorn was disgusting like a, in the beginning. It was for like really good players. Yeah, yeah. or the last word was like really really good early on yeah the during house of wolves during the thorn last word uh meta that was like yeah and even slightly before that like i remember like the first few weeks of uh destiny like the first month like that was what all because i was again remember i was getting into it mostly from a pvp standpoint so i was playing a ton of crucible and essentially just playing the raid so we could get weapons to take it into the crucible right and um right yeah yeah and they were like but most of the guys that i was playing with were using last word or thorn even then and comboing it with sniper rifles like sniper hand cannon combo was like what the top tier like uh well it was what ninja was playing with it was what fizzer was playing oh with. yeah those guys were last word sniper hammers. was like a lot of people's uh loadouts and everything yeah. in the beginning they could i mean that they could do some really crazy stuff with that yeah. i always loved the icebreaker that was always my, oh my favorite God. weapon to use anywhere the ice bay the ice bay yeah I, I wish i have dreams that they bring that back that would be my exactly how it was though and, and that's overpowered what, and that was the most fun i'd ever had in like in a video game like like during vanilla destiny like logging on every night you know seeing what new weapons you can get you know, because it I mean it was tough in the beginning. They, they, yeah, they, it was stingy it was. with the loot, <laughs> like trying to get a legendary in the beginning was. I mean, you had to literally shoot into a loot cave for hours <laughs> I remember to when get they anything legendary that. to even drop. Oh, yeah, that's I remember when they found it that was loot a ritual. Cave. <laughs> yeah, you I, know, there was another one that they never um, they never patched and. Yeah, it was there until the very. I mean, it's still there, presumably. Is that in the rocket yard? I think. Uh, was yes. that in the rocket yard? If I'm not mistaken. Yes, in the yeah. rocket yard. Yeah. It's like if you stand across on there's like a like a scaffolding and you look across, there's a spawn point. Right. Yep. Yep. I do remember that. Say la vie. <laughs>
Let me get a few exotics. Who knows? <laughs> there's sort of one on the dreadnought too. Like there's like a there's a quasi um, loot cave. A quasi, yeah, yeah. They were worth a lot more in in D one. Yeah, like just a constant spawn point. Yeah, definitely. So, Wilhelm, speaking of D one, I gotta ask: Destiny one versus Destiny two, which is better and why? It's a tough question. I mean, I, I I love thinking about it. I love the question, but it's a tough question because um, I think that Destiny 2 is a much more expansive game, obviously, for many different reasons, uh, whether it's the mod system, whether it's just the size of the game alone, the lore, uh, you know, the variety of weapons, the different play modes over, you know, every season, all that stuff, you know, every all that stuff is accumulated to just a game that D1 never was. And I don't think it ever could have been, to be honest. The only way it could have been is if they had if they had continued, I guess, Destiny instead of making a D2, just continued expanding on to D1 uh, you could have, I guess, made a much more significant game, but I don't think it could ever have been uh, where D2 is at now. I just don't think it would have been able to go through all the iterations. I don't think the platform that the game was built upon would have been able to handle it. Uh, in D2, you see that being a problem now because they've had to remove some stuff and replace it with newer stuff just so they you can load in to the game on, a con- on certain consoles. Um, or that you just don't say so you just don't have that like overwhelming amount of, uh, I don't know, just everything coming at you. I mean, I th- I've heard a lot of people, people who I've told to play Destiny 2, you know, it's like they start the game and they're like, well, what do I do? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, like, do I play through the ga- campaign? Like I'm through the campaign. Now what? Like, do I start here? What do I start doing? And I'm like, I, you know, I have to try to explain to them like, well, you want to get pinnacles. You want to get your power up. And they're like, oh, all right. They're overwhelmed. The game you know? kind of guides you now, though, don't it? With the new light experience. It does. It does a much better. It does yeah. a much better job at it now. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think it's done a lot better. It's it's better now since Beyond Light. Um, before Beyond Light, uh, <laughs> I right. think getting into Destiny 2 right before Beyond Light was going to be, though there was tons of stuff to do, I think it actually would have been tricky. Um, I think you it was high level of people who had interest who maybe were just kind of... Um, you know, deterred just by the uh, the overwhelming stuff to do. Like, I've always wanted to get into Warframe, but that game just seems like, like I don't know where to start. You exactly, know? same, yeah. Um, so D1, though, was not that game. Um, I think anybody could, have p- could pick up D1 early on and kind of know what you were supposed to be doing. You know, I mean, even the endgame stuff. I mean, it was, it was just all much simpler. Uh, and I think that was great. Um, I think there is a certain level of nostalgia that I'll always have for that game that will probably prop it up a little bit over D2. I think, uh, it, I, if you had asked me maybe a year ago, I would have said D1 because it had Volt of Glass and because, um, I liked the way, you know, the wet, the meta and the weapons sort of felt in, in D1. Um, but since Beyond Light, even though uh, there, even though we kind of lost some content that I I personally really enjoyed, um, 
from what I've seen where they're going, and with the Vault of Glass returning, which I will always hold as the best raid, period. I, I don't think I've... When I played the Vault of Glass the first time, I don't think I'd ever thought that this game, even as much as I was anticipating it coming out, I never thought that this was what this game was going to be. I just had... It, I was like, wow. Like, they... This is like... I'm like a first-person raid. Like, literally, this is it. And it's it's not just like shoot stuff we felt the same way we felt the exact same way it's like i have to jump and do things and i mean yeah we're shooting stuff but we're shooting stuff because it's a puzzle you know like it was just so much cooler than i thought and um the fact that it's returning i think actually makes me just like there's nothing really um that i can say about that d2 doesn't have now that d1 had maybe just a, a general feel maybe but i think it has everything now that the D1 had and more. Right. So the three strikes, too, that return from D1, um, you know, Omnigal, uh, Sepix, and uh, Fallen Saber, too. Sepix yes, Prime is... those are my three favorite strikes. Sepix Prime is amazing, like, in D2. Amazing strike. Yeah, it, literally faithful recreation, and it's cool what they did with uh, having the little servitors around them. Too like I even a, like Devil's Lair when they did the Siva version. Of oh yeah, Slayer. oh yeah, Sepix perfected. Oh yeah, yeah. That was, I would have even been like if that came back up. I'm like, and yeah, okay, they brought too, the, yeah. the, the the rock track, the heavy rock, the heavy rock track back too for Sepix. Oh Prime. yeah, and that I thought that was a nice touch. The music was always re- you talking about the music, yeah, yeah, the rock track, yeah, yeah. That's always been one of the <laughs> another thing that Bungie excels at. Maybe I think that one they've tracked though. That one they've they've tracked that they they've they have good soundtracks. <laughs> right. But so I'm gonna actually say that I think for me Destiny One was a better game than Destiny Two is. And I think that in many ways, like Destiny Two is bringing Destiny One into Destiny Two. But that only makes the point stronger that Destiny 1 was a better game, so they made the decision to take what Destiny 1 had and bring it into Destiny 2 to modernize it, to give it that polish. Um, I do think, as an overall game, in terms of the weapons, they were far more special in Destiny 1. I would say, in terms of the raid, every single raid from Destiny 1 felt more special than what a raid feels like in Destiny 2. For me personally. And the same goes for the strikes. And I think they're doing a good job at bringing things back. But I think they're bringing Destiny 1 experience back because they realized that what they had was so special and so good. And players missed it. And such is, and such is like the history of Bungie, right? Like, like here, I've always thought that, again, like kind of going back to like what Bungie never really being Bungie never really being able to track what they do well other than you know oh we do good soundtracks uh we do good gunplay or at least the gunplay we do seems to be very popular so we're going to keep doing it but i've always thought that like what and there was there's a certain magic in their games in that there are so many things that were have going back to like halo you see so many things that are attempted and done that don't work 
there's like so many like you see so many things attempted and failed at in their game yet somehow all of these failures kind of mix and kind of counteract one another into something that actually works and like i don't get exactly what it is but like i like you like if you can look at many different little aspects of bungee games and go well that wasn't that great oh yeah remember that problem but you never think about them like negatively really i always kind of find them like like oh yeah that was kind of a funny thing but then somehow that counteracts another you know point and it ends up working or it ends up making the game like kind of memorable in some way i don't know exactly sure i'm not exactly sure i even know what that is but but and i mean i think also in many ways video game design is very experimental it is and sometimes it is. they come across things that just happen and they go with the idea um i think bungie does a really great job with their game design uh they always have and their gameplay in terms of the shooting mechanics is better than Anybody. any other game. Period. Yep. Best in and the I biz. That, that is what that is what keeps players coming back. And I think that in the Destiny 2 journey, at some point, Destiny as a franchise lost sight of what they're great at. You know, and I think we covered it earlier just a bit. But I think that Bungie, for example, removing as many weapons as they did last year and not bringing enough new weapons into the game that's kind of neglecting what makes that game special if you only give us 20 weapons that are new what are we chasing it's a looter shooter you know um and i think bungie is starting to get back to that starting to get back to their roots and we're seeing that happen with the return of the Vault of Glass, with the return of all the weapons that we're getting back from the past, like Shadow Price, like the Palindrome, like the Swarm, I think that's going to continue. Yeah, I think it's going to too. And like, you know, if you read if you read in the TWAB, like three return weapons from D1 uh, are coming back with uh, yeah. the Season of Splicer. And we're, we're going to talk about that in just a bit. But before we talk more about Season of the Splicer, we have... A few more questions to ask Wilhelm tonight on the show. And the next question we have for you is, you know, we know that the last 12 months have been kind of a roller coaster, to say the least. How have you been affected in terms of your life and as a content creator by the events that we have been kind of dealing with in the real world? Yeah, it has definitely been uh, a challenging year. Um, I can't really... I'm pretty fortunate in that I already was um, working from home, um, you know, working in multimedia, and, you know, those are the kind of things you're just around a computer all day. Um, and I had uh, started my own business about... Um, about 10 years ago now, actually, uh, getting close to 10 years ago. Um, so, you know, that was kind of, I was, <laughs> I, you know, I've said to people, I, you know, I've really been social distancing already for the better part of a decade uh, when this started. So I was fortunate to be home. I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if I had to go out somewhere and work and just, you know, like, that kind of thing is... Uh, 
it's very it's tough and uh fortunately also my wife um also works in media and um though she did have to go into an office uh not long before um last february uh she was able to move uh and work from home full time again very lucky and that was not a product actually uh, of the pandemic, but just a product of her business, just deciding, you know, well, we don't really need to have the media in the office anymore. It kind of works better when people are from home. So we've been home a lot, certainly been home quite a bit over the past year. Uh, but that's okay. You know, I, I'm, again, I, I just feel fortunate enough to be able to be home and uh, be able to work and make a living and not have to deal with the, the stress of having to go out and, you know, pursue whatever I needed to do. Um, but, you know, there is a, uh, obviously not being able to see friends. I used to uh, work out every day, um, you know, I, every day I, I went to the gym for, you know, almost, well, for a while, um, and, you know, years, um, and not, you know, I, I haven't done that in the better part of a year, you know, uh, you try to exercise when you can, but it's not really, um, it's not really quite the same thing, and, you know, I don't know if I'll ever really <laughs> have a desire to go to a gym again, I, I might at some point, but certainly, the the things that you value and um, the motivations you have um, have changed dramatically, and you you kind of you know have to reexamine just what you have and what you're lucky to have. I think, and that's probably been the most. Uh, you know, I always try to be a, a reflective person as much as I can. Uh, try to be as self aware as possible, uh, but I think um, you can always try to be more. And in in situations like the past year, you know, you certainly get a crash course, regardless of how much you, you think you might be practicing, um, you know, all those. Yeah. And, and I think you really, you really hit it right on the nail. Uh, I think that gratitude is such an important lesson to take away from this whole experience because, you know, being able to work from home during the craziest pandemic that we probably will ever have to go through fingers crossed um, yes it's it's yeah it, it it's a eye-opening experience and definitely makes you appreciate a lot of things in life um and i think that for me like i used to be a little bit more critical of just basic things even like being critical of bungee right like now I can look at it from a different perspective and appreciate just people making an effort to create something cool. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, ultimately I know that Bungie has, you know, great intentions with the game and they are trying their best to make the best game for us and to keep us entertained, and especially during times like this i think that you know for me video games have become a great escape from a lot of 
challenging realities that we have been facing. Absolutely. And, you know, I, whatever I might say about Bungie, not maybe not necessarily knowing exactly what they do well, uh, I'm a Bungie ride or die. I mean, I, they are by far, I can't think of another, um, another game creator that I really, I really know anything about. I mean, in the sense that maybe I know, you know, who made this game or that game, but I don't know anything about the company. I don't know anything about, you know, the history of the company, what I don't look forward to whatever they're doing next. Um, yeah, it's the only, it's the, it's the only um, developer that I have any, you know, real emotional attachment to, I would say. That, for me, the same, that and Nintendo, just because I grew up with those characters. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a little bit of an emotional attachment to uh, not, not the developers, but the um, uh, Star Fox 64 and the Rumble Pack. <laughs> a little bit of an emotional attachment to those yeah things. it's uh it's metroid for me samus um i'm, I'm oh, a yeah. huge metroid fan i can't wait for metroid I, prime 4 i used to be able to in star fox 64 i could i could uh beat the game metal every level the long way there was like two routes i would take the long way so that i could max out the points i could do it in under 13 minutes nice and I remember like you'd rack up so many kills by the end of it and so many points. You'd get that like that dog that was the general, like at the end general I can't remember his name. Is it Peppy? No, Peppy was Peppy that was, Peppy the, was the frog, right? The frog, yeah. yeah. Falco was the bird. I mean, yeah. what was the rabbit? Uh oh, uh, I can't remember. Can't remember. Yeah. But I remember like the dog the general at the end, he would have different things that he would say to you based on like how many like kills enemy enemies downs or kills you got yeah and like the more you got they would they would give you like a pay like you know like a pay stub and he would say something like this is a steep bill but it's <laughs> worth it you know or <laughs> but if it got too much he'd just go what <laughs> that was it it would just cut out yeah so i was always looking for that like i had to achieve that every time i played it i would do it daily i was obsessed with that game for a little while yeah i gotta say something too like i know how passionate people are at Bungie like you can tell like the, the things they create just all the weapons and the flavor text and everything I think they're so passionate and they you know they also have you know many influences and things like that because I could tell that they're definitely influenced by a certain person if you guys remember there was a weapon in Destiny 1 called the Bronze Miyamoto um and that yes. is obviously a tribute to uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, because I think everybody looks up to Shigeru Miyamoto in the uh, video game world, because, I mean, he's just he's he's like a pioneer. He's like the father of Mario. Yeah, that's a great call out. And, I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah, but I, I remember that weapon. Yeah. Yeah. And I it's funny. I tried so hard to grind in D1 to try to get that weapon again. Like when when I was playing it last year and I was like, I can never get that weapon to drop for me. But I remember it from D1. I remember. Where it. did it drop from? Crucible. It was crucible. a it was a crucible weapon. Yeah. Huh. Um, I'm looking on the different. Uh, I think they're the Destiny uh, Tracker Network. And 
Um, I'm going to do a quick uh, research while you guys talk because I want I want to see I want to see if it uh, if I was correct. <laughs> yeah, let me know. <laughs> I'll kind of go back in there. I'll hunt for that. Yeah, that'd be an interesting hunt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boot up some D1. So, Wilhelm, what do you do when you're not gaming or creating content on your channel? Um, I try to get out of the house and exercise as much as possible. Um, I obviously have uh, other work that I do. Um, and uh, I try to spend time uh, with my wife, even though we spend a lot of time together. But it's not always meaningful time. You know, you can be sitting one room apart from one another, but, um, you know, it's not necessarily the same as having a conversation. So I like to try to get out, uh, with her and, you know, go take a hike or something like that. It's really been kind of the thing we've been doing over the past year. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I, I am a very, uh, active media consumer. So if there's a, a movie out or a new TV show, I'm usually all over it when it comes to like, you know, those kind of pop cultural things. Uh, I've been loving, you know, um, I loved WandaVision. The, the Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was pretty good. It was pretty good. I liked, like, the theme of... I felt like there was a... I wish they had gone a different way with the theme um, of the show. Uh, I felt it was a little bit too, like, serious of a show. Like, I wanted to see those two characters in a little bit more of, like, a buddy comedy kind of marvel take i felt like that was kind of what they were going for but i don't know i liked like a few of the episodes there were some episodes that i i was here nor there on but uh, i'm looking forward to loki i'm sure that'll be cool um i was a huge game of thrones guy when that was out i was like living game of thrones there for a couple of years that yeah, last I season though boy that let me the down ending was a little bit eh, yeah. i don't know to say the least yeah so all that kind it of stuff been better you know? Just um, generally try to stay and try to stay active as much as I can. Have you had a chance to check out HBO Max? Because I've been really enjoying it lately. Yes. I, I saw the new Mortal Kombat movie. I did. Yep. I, I, I watched that one. And Did you enjoy it? Um, yes. You know, the thing that was like the first 15 minutes of that movie were awesome. The rest of it was okay. The last part of it was like, what, what? Like, I didn't really, like, I didn't really get where, like, I didn't get the whole, like, why is Scorpion back? <laughs> like, how are we explaining this away? You know, like, I, I just thought, I thought, like, maybe one of the characters should have become Scorpion or, like, like they could have, I thought that they were going to, what they were going to do was I thought they were going to make the character who played Scorpion in the past, essentially play a like ancestor of Scorpion in the future, but have the same actor, you know, cause that's still believable. And then just have him turn into Scorpion and then play to like, you know, this is your lineage, you know, your destiny is to take the reins of your aunt, whatever, and defeat Sub-Zero. I thought that was what they were going to do, but then he kind of just came back. From a martial arts and, and like, uh, like fight movie action uh, visual effects standpoint, it was, you know, all I expected it to be. It some pretty cool stuff. That, um, that one shot where uh, he grabs the, the gun, the shotgun, as, like, 
jacks fires and like the uh, little bullet fragments come out and freeze. That was a pretty cool effect. So overall, I give it a yeah, like a five point four. It's pretty good, guys. It's pretty good. I was gonna give it like a six point five. Six point five. That's a good I, score. I found the gun. I found it. It's okay. What's the gun? It's a uh, bronze. It's bronzed Miyamoto D. There's like a dat, D on the end of it. Aha. Uh-huh. And it's uh, an aggressive hockey auto rifle earned through glory in the crucible. So it's it was a blue, it was a rare. How many rounds per minute? Uh, it's a uh, bullet hose rate of fire a hundred, impact two. So it was like a it was like an Atheon's epilogue kind of like yeah. weapon. Um, magazine six size sixty seven. Um, dude, I miss Atheon's epilogue. Uh, it's gonna come back, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Vogue. Oh, definitely. I'm so that excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. So I the first time I took that into the crucible and I was just it, it, the whole screen was just back. pink when you fired it. Yeah. So it does say sources are you can still get it from crucible. Well, you can't get it from Iron Banner anymore because they don't have that in D1 mm. or or Crimson Doubles. Uh, Prison of Elders. Apparently you can get it in Prison of Elders. Oh. You can get it on Oryx's Dreadnought. It says it can drop in strikes and from the challenge challenge of El- Elders. So might have to fire up D1 someday and try to grind to get it. <laughs> just just to say I got it, you know, because I'd I, say that's worth a day at least. Yeah, right. You know, for, yeah. why not? <laughs> Ultimately, it would be great if somehow they just brought D1 like like if they if they just put it into the same game where it was like you just could load up like, you know, at the load screen, you could just load up different like either D1 or what's what there is in D2, you know, just add it onto there so you didn't have to like load up a whole new game and there was maybe some sort of integration. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But more than likely, they'll just bring all that stuff into D2. That's what I mean. At least that's what it's looking like it's going to be, which will be good. Definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. So the next question we have for you is what content creator has impacted your work as a YouTuber over the years? Well, I'd have to say Ninja because he's the first person that I saw and kind of generated the interest. Um, my buddy Reaper Guyver, because he was sort of doing it at the time and, uh, you know, in helping him, it kind of made me want to, do my own thing. Um, Ebontis is a real big influence. Like, you know, he was sort of one of the first um, uh, content creators that you know, actually invited me onto his show and, and had me, um, uh, you know, kind of participate in what he was doing. Um, Manodestra777 was probably the first guy, the first other uh, Destiny content creator that I ever actually talked to. Um, he was, you know, he still is uh, a great guy and, um, you know, great YouTube content. Um, so, you know, watching those two guys and just kind of having them as, um, you know, I think ways to kind of influences certainly, um, sort of a motivation, but I, you know, again, this was, it's something I enjoyed doing, but 
you know, you kind of sometimes you you want to do it, but then you know anxiety sets in, and you you know you make something and you don't end up doing anything with it, um, and you know the kind of it limits you a little bit. So sometimes when you see other people just you know just doing it, just saying you know whatever, I'm just gonna I'm gonna post what I what I make. It kind of makes you think, yeah, I can do that. You know, I I I can get over this anxiety. Uh, the Iron Lords, Lord Cognito, and um, you know, Gaming Forte and Lord Attic and all those guys. Uh, you know, that was a whole. When I met them, that was like a whole nother, uh, you know, level to content creation. Like because that that was like these were guys that I was in a clan with. I was playing with often. Uh, they were. Um, you know, they were doing stuff too. you know, you, you kind of, you know, you talk shop a little bit and you, you, you just all, it's like, you just meet like-minded people and they become your friends. And those are the ones that always have the most influence on me. My, my buddy Sinister, who's not a YouTuber, uh, well, he does do some uh, stuff. He, me and him have literally like rode out the pandemic together playing Destiny. Like we started playing together a bit before the pandemic, but then like, it was just like we were, you know, we would play together, you know, every day for a little while there early on in the pandemic. And I just remember like, you know, sharing in the news and the updates of, of his life and like, you know, the the world in general and, and the game and like all those things. I, I don't think I don't think I would have been able to I don't think the pandemic would have been as easy. Um, uh, not that it was easy, but I don't think I would have acclimated as well to it early on if I didn't have, you know, someone like him to play with every day or the rest of the Iron Lords. So, you know, those are the guys who I think have the the most impact on me um, in the long term. There's other guys too. CB Gray, I met him early on. Sorable was another guy I met fairly early on, seeing them have success. Um, and they've always been super nice, super friendly and welcoming individuals. And, um, and uh, pause, reset, play. He was another one. Uh, I'm sure that there's others that I miss. You know, like most of the people who I end up and have had the privilege of talking to. Um, Houndish actually is one that uh, he was. He was one of the first big, and still is like one of the biggest YouTubers that ever subscribed to my channel. And I remember when he did. Um, you know, it was another just thing of like encouragement of like, oh yeah. You know, not not like an encouragement in the way of like necessarily make more um you know that maybe you can have success on youtube but more just you can post this you can do that you can do that thing you know you can make the thing you can put your voice on it and you can put it out there and you don't have to worry about that though you might get you know some people saying this or some people saying that everybody will get criticism but you you know you can it doesn't have to be uh, the thing that affects your security of who you are and you can have fun doing this kind of thing. So, you know, all those people and I'm sure others that I I'm forgetting at the moment. Yeah. Those are good dudes. We had a few you, of those guys on. Named, yeah. They're all <laughs> extremely good. Really dudes. good people. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Houndish, he was like one of our first, I would say bigger guests on the podcast. And I think that mm -hmm. having him on, he's such a humble individual, such a great guy. He started following us early on when we were fairly small as a podcast. And 
I'm very grateful for that. We had Jarv on a few times you know, too, and Jarv. Oh, was Jarv! On. Yes, yep. I. Yeah. That's another guy amazing, who I'm like, you know, dude. always in awe. He is when kicking he... ass, Jarv. Man, he's doing so so many Cloud great plays. Things. Um, he is, he's actually doing, um, a lot of, uh, uh, Outriders content right now and he's having a lot of success doing it and he's always been, I have to check that game out. I, I you know, I started playing it myself. I'm not really a huge fan of third person. <laughs> uh, same, games, same. But it, but it is a yeah, good game. Same. I mean, it's a, I, from what I've, from what I've seen and it certainly involves the player base a lot. It has a lot of, um, it's, it kind of seems a lot like a destiny game just in third person. Um, but he's a Cloud Plays is uh, a really great guy that I've known for a while too. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any others that I knew that were, you know, it's it's all those those guys. I mean, there's there's obviously big YouTubers. I mean, Ninja's like you know the biggest whatever or was the biggest. Um, so I you know and I I knew him, but I don't think if I didn't know him, I would say he had an influence on me. You know, like necessarily other than. You know, like this was the first thing that I saw. But the fact that it was the first thing that I saw, which ultimately led to me meeting a guy who then I ended up, you know, do working in or trying to uh, do stuff in the same space as him. You know, that's that's the only reason I would include him necessarily. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, seeing the level of success that he was able to achieve is very motivating it is but i know how that. much hey, he went through to get there i mean like it was a long time before he and that's you know that's a tribute to his commitment and i think um i think he deserves i'm um, certainly he gets a lot of respect but you know it, i think he actually um from people who don't know you know these guys who just sort of you know they break out one day and all of a sudden they're you know they're have these huge Twitch numbers and all of this stuff and uh, you know, more power to them. I, you know, but he worked for a while. It, it did not happen for him overnight. He, he certainly achieved one of the greatest levels of success in gaming. Um, as far as like somebody who just plays a game, a content creator who plays a game. Um, but it did not come quick. It was like, you know, a decade he was like doing that stuff for a decade before all. And then all of a sudden he probably had more success in eight months that he'd had in the previous eight years. And he had had success, but it just was like a catapult. So, you know, tip of the hat. I don't think that's enough. <laughs> that's really cool. It's, it's, it's great to hear that because, you know, being on the outside looking in, you don't realize that you have to make a lot of sacrifices to be successful, and it looks easy. It looks, you know, simple to grow on a platform, but it's not. It takes time and hard work and effort, and before you can hire editors and people to help you produce content, like, you're on your own. Yeah. I mean, and like, you know, in his case, it, you know, it cost him an eye to a certain extent, you know, I mean, like actual physical, like you don't expect that. Uh, I don't know if it's gaming that caused that, but he, he had to go through it. And, uh, you know, that's a unique issue. I mean, to imagine that you are, that, that's like, 
that's like a you know a, a track star breaking his leg <laughs> literally yeah. you know like a yeah. like a world class class athlete just being down and out with i mean if you don't have a i mean he was a competitive halo player i mean we're talking like you know he was an mlg guy not to talk about him too much. It's like a like, sports injury. Like yeah, injury you know, like you don't expect yeah. that to happen. And he had to continue through it. And I know that he was at some low points there for a while. You know, it's I mean hard to imagine, but there was definitely point. I remember at one point him actually thinking of quitting it altogether, which I wish he talked about a little bit more actually, because you know there's a lot of people out there who I I know that this is a that the whole like content creation thing is such a, it's such a stressful thing. I mean, there's, it's so like, uh, like it just, you know, mounting insecurity all the time. And like, you know, you, you can kind of get addicted to that, like to, you know, this and that and all these sort of superficial things. It's like, I kind of wish, you know, uh, he talked more about just like how close he was to like quitting it all together. What do you think kept him going? I think it was the people. I think it was the people who, you know, those people who were hanging out in the live streams, even when it was the lowest numbers, you know, they, you know, they would just say he, that little bit of support. Sometimes it's just a person and, um, and the community, uh, can, can help you get through. But, um, yeah, and I think having certainly a little bit of faith in yourself to know what you're, you can do helps, um, and just, and not stopping, you know, just brute forcing it a little bit. That's great advice. A little bit. <laughs> I don't know if it's great advice. But. On a slightly lighter topic, yes. we have E3. It's coming up pretty soon. It has been confirmed. We had a few companies drop out. Sony, we're looking at you. But we had a few companies that confirmed that they'll be there. Like Xbox. So my question is, what are you most excited about that's not Destiny related during this coming year's E3? I'm going to be honest. What games would you want to see? I don't really know that much about what's going to be there because outside of Destiny and Bungie, um, I really don't pay that much attention to the you know, outer gaming world. If there's a game that I'm going to play, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll certainly watch a trailer for it, but I don't always necessarily know all the inner workings of other releases. Like, for example... Uh, you know, unless it's a first-person shooter, I might not know that it's going to be there. But um, is there going to be some sort of new Halo reveal for, um, is it Infinity? Halo Infinite, yeah. yeah. Infinite, yeah. It should be at E3, yeah. Okay, then that yeah. I'm very I mean, excited have for. To. Because the last thing was a little bit disappointing, mm. but I really want to know about that game because I'm definitely going to play that game no matter how it turns out i'm definitely going to play it i hope it turns out well um there's another game that i just saw uh, some gameplay for today um mutant new bio mutant bio mutant 
Is that premiering there? Are they doing oh, more yeah. with that there, or is that kind of? Uh, that's now? releasing. Nope, that's releasing before E3. Oh, is it, okay. Is it releasing? Uh, it has a release date of May twenty fifth. Yep. That certainly looks interesting. Uh, I might. I definitely will give that a a play or two. Um, it, again, it's a third person shooter, so I'm not as interested. But um, mm -hmm. I'll, you know, I'll give it a play or two. Uh, I'm not, again, beyond that, I don't really know exactly what's going to be there. I'm always, um, you know, I'm always excited to see a new FPS if there is going to be one, but I don't think there are going to be too many, at least none that I've heard coming. Uh, well, if there's the FPS that I'm hoping for that uh, Nintendo will show off, a game that's been what? in development for years... That Please got restarted. Metroid Prime 4. Oh, yes, okay. I would play that Metroid game. Prime, okay. The reason why I'm so excited for that game is because Retro Studios, the people who worked on the first three Metroid Primes, are, you know, the lead developers on it. Um, because the old studio that was working on it, rumored Bandai Namco, uh, they got taken off the project when it got development got restarted in the beginning of 2019. Um and now they have some of the best and most talented uh, FPS like uh, gurus on it. Like I would say in the world, they got people that worked on Call of Duty. They got people who worked on Borderlands. They got people who worked in um, on uh, in the EA uh, and like Battlefield, I believe. Um, they've got talent all over at Retro now working on that game. Oh, former Bungie. Too, and Halo. Ooh. Okay. So that's what excites me is they have so much. They have like a, this is like, it, it almost feels like a quadruple A game with all, with the talent that's on it. They have former Naughty Dog devs on it too. Um, so it's like, <laughs> this game could be amazing. And I just, I hope that they show a trailer because we haven't seen anything since. The game debuted in 2017 with just a logo, basically. <laughs> yeah. So. I think we're going to get some form of Metroid this year, whether it be Metroid Prime 4 or the trilogy. It's the 35th anniversary I'm it's of Metroid. probably so. going to be the trilogy. Yep. They'll release the trilogy, and what they'll probably do is, in addition to releasing the trilogy this year, they will give us a more expansive trailer for Metroid Prime 4, and maybe it might say something like holiday 2022. Uh, probably 2022. It's probably not going to come out till next year. Yeah. And obviously the other game is Breath of the Wild 2, right? I mean, it's also the 35th anniversary of Zelda. So The original Zelda? Of the original Legend of Zelda, yep. This is, it's the 35th anniversary. Uh, and uh, we're all awaiting Breath of the Wild 2 to see hopefully a gameplay um, trailer from uh, Nintendo this year at E3. Favorite Zelda? My favorite Legend of Zelda? Ocarina yeah. of Time. Okay. It's a good one. I love Ocarina of Time. I think Majora's Mask is my favorite. Ah, you like the Majora's Mask, yeah. I, I think Ocarina of Time is probably the most fun game to play but i think majora's mask was like a i thought that was a better game it was a darker game. one because of the certainly 
Yeah. Very challenging game to play. Yeah. See, I was late to the party when it comes to the Zelda franchise, so I was playing Mario, you know? So I would say for me, it's Breath of the Wild. It's my favorite game in terms of a Zelda franchise. I only played a bit of Breath of the Wild. I never got all the way through it. I played uh, all the way to Wind Waker. I played all the way till you had to go and find those treasure set chests. Uh, I and, couldn't get over just, the art style. The art style uh, just turned me off um, from I that. I actually didn't mind the cell shading. I thought it was kind of kind of cool. It's charming. I, I, I will play it. If they release a pack, which I think they will for the Switch, of Twilight Princess and, and Wind Waker, I will buy it. And I will play it finally so here's the million dollar question if they release each one individually for 59.99 will you still they will not do that they will not do that (laughs) like that would be very anti-consumer because they (laughs) released both of those together on the wii u like in a you know in a package so i would see them doing that again all they are is just going to be simple up res ports pretty much like it's you know, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, look what they did with the 3D Mario collection. It was, you know, three, three of the best Mario games, you know, Super Mario 64, Sunshine and Galaxy. And they put it together for 60 bucks, which was a pretty good deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure we don't have to wait too much longer to find out. We will find out soon enough. But uh, before we dive into more Destiny, we have one more question for Wilhelm Scream tonight. And that is, what is next for you? As far as um, YouTube or... Your YouTube channel, your Destiny content creation. Well, I personally think that Destiny is never going anywhere. I think it has. it is a game that has reached... Not not now. I think it did a while back, but I think um, at this point definitely has reached sort of a saturation point where, you know, just like World of Warcraft, it's going to be around so long as Bungie does something with it um, and maybe even uh, for a time once they stop, uh, that it will be around for at least another 10 years, maybe 15 years. I mean, who? I don't know... You know, we're just starting to kind of now understand the longevity of some of these, um, you know, MMO games because, you know, we're like, there's been a time spent where they've been able to be on, you know, the internet and they're really just lasting, you know, like some big ones are just continuing to go and go and go. I mean, like, how long is World of Warcraft going to be around for? Probably. I mean, would you bet on it not being around in 10 years? I wouldn't. So no, I think it's got too many players, too Super. many players. And yeah. I think Bungie and destiny have that similar, uh, similar, maybe not quite as big of an audience. Um, but, uh, cause you have to like, uh, I think, you know, everybody, regardless of, you know, if you got, if you're a fan of FPS, if you're a fan of MMO, if you're a fan of RPG, you know, every one of those, people might play World of Warcraft at some point in their life. I don't think all of those same people might play Destiny, but um, certainly at least, you know, two of the three of those groups. And they, I think, will play it um, for as long as it's around. So 
I will always be um, committed to this game uh, just because I have a personal interest. You know, I want to see where the storyline goes. I have mm-hmm. a huge, like, you know, <laughs> CB Gray calls it the spin foil hat. You know, he puts on, the, I don't know if you've ever watched his live streams, but he has this, like, you know, it's a tinfoil hat, but he calls it a spinfoil hat. It's very funny. Spinfoil, but he yeah. has like you know, the weird, those we- those little out there ideas. And I have a huge like tinfoil hat idea for like where I think the lore is going. Um, but, and I want to see where that goes. I want to see, you know, where it evolves even past that point. Um, it will be my go-to FPS game. Uh I, for the foreseeable future, uh, Halo um, uh, Infinite might uh, draw me away for a while. I might play it as well um, if that has sort of that same uh, niche or fits that same niche. Um, but that's probably going to be uh, my my primary uh, focus for the YouTube channel. Uh, and, you know, I hope... I just have the, you know, the opportunity to continue to make YouTube content. You know, I'm, I'm going to continue making it, um, as long as, uh, my personal life allows me to, I, oh, (laughs) Uh, I heard Craig. I can't, uh, see me not being able to do this, um, in the future. Um, I, I could only imagine maybe doing it more. Uh, which would be awesome, you know. I mean, I it's it's always fun to be able to do your hobby and you know more than uh, you thought you would be able to do. Um, you know, as far as you know, maybe other games that are the other other games that I kind of have an interest in, um, other than like you know Destiny and maybe Halo. Um, uh, I, I've always been a really big fan of racing games and like, I love, I'm a huge formula one, like fan, not just the game, but formula one it, racing, like the actual racing. Um, and, uh, some of the, you know, the racing Sims that they have now are so realistic. Like I said, of course, uh, in the, in the F1 actual game. So I find myself playing those games actually a lot. If I'm not playing an FPS from not Do you like the Destiny Forza really. games at all? Um, I, you know, they're okay. They're not realistic enough for me. I mm-hmm. tend to, like, I was a huge, I was a big Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo, fan. I was just going to mention that. I love Gran, Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo was great. Uh, yeah. Assetto Corsa is really good and super realistic. Um, the, the Formula One game itself is very realistic. Um, so I find myself playing those, but, you know, and I, I, I've kind of toyed with the idea of, like, it would be kind of cool to go out and get one of those, like, you know, racing steering wheels and those seats (laughs) and, you know, like get into that, the sim racing thing. That'd be really, that'd be pretty fun. That'd be pretty competitive too, you know, and that there's a a competitive itch that I, I I grew up always playing all kinds of sports and Halo, I got into originally because of the competitive side of it. Um, And so there's always that kind of itch, you know, that sometimes creeps into the back of my mind, but then it's such a big deal you know, to get all of that stuff, uh, that I, I, I'll probably just, um, suffice to playing on, on a controller and, and just having fun with it. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. 
some something maybe in the in in the distant distant future if I ever have time, um, you know, to to spend that much. That would be a whole other level of involvement. You know, you don't just <laughs> you, you have like a steering wheel in your house. You know, in your in your living room with a. I mean, those some of those things, those setups that people get for those sim games are elaborate. And, those were the uh, coolest arcade games, though, growing up. Like they really were. We're playing like pole yeah. position in the beginning, and oh, then yeah. the Daytonas, and then Even, like the cru- cruising USA. Cruising USA. I was just thinking that. <laughs> you yeah. do like what was that little like three wheeled like truck you could drive? You could do backflips with it and all kinds yeah. of stuff. It was a fun game. Yeah. Yep. Mario Kart. I used to play a ton of Mario Kart. Yeah. What an awesome conversation. And Wilhelm, thank you so much for sharing with us all of your awesome insights into Destiny and your journey as a content creator and as a Destiny fan. So we definitely appreciate you being here with us. Well, thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you. But Guardians, we have much more to talk about. We're not done yet. We have Season of the Splicer. That is coming in just five days. It's really hard to believe that it's coming so, so soon. We don't have much more to wait. But with Season of the Splicer, we did get our traditional gameplay trailer. We got to see what exactly Season of the Splicer will bring. And I got to say, I'm excited, but, you know, I'm an OG. (laughs) I'm an OG Destiny fan. I was there playing the Vault of Glass, so I'm pretty excited about it. Let's dive into what exactly we saw in the gameplay trailer. So what we saw, first we saw these Vex structures, and uh, that was really interesting. That was very reminiscent of the Vault of Glass to me. I don't know if you both will agree agree. on that. Yeah. Yeah. And Ikora Ray said something very interesting. This morning, for the first time in the long and storied history, the sun did not rise. The Vex simulation has plunged the city into an endless night. Osiris and I can think of only one that we can turn to, Mithrax, with the power to communicate with machines like holy shit like does this mean that everything is turning just dark it appears so it appears that like at least in the tower it's going to be like an endless night just like to describe it until we find some sort of resolution i mean i don't know if that's going to happen like within the first like week or is it happening across the entire solar system or is it happening only in the tower i don't i think it's happening on earth probably i don't know if it's going to translate to the cosmodrome i don't know if it's going to translate to the edz or if it's just going to translate to be you know the tower locations or anything like that i mean we'll just have to wait and see you know obviously we're going to do our own kind of reconnaissance and things like that because I'm interested in those things because that's like some really cool environmental storytelling right there, you know, um, that the environment is changing with the way the story, the narrative is focused for next season. For... 
remember was there a remember in the old saint 14 mission um from vanilla d2 where you could there was a spot where you could well it's not saint 14 mission i guess it is later on but you could find his crypt you could there was like a spot where you could see through and his crypt was hidden behind a wall yeah yeah in that wasn't there a vex simulation version of that area or maybe that was the vex simulation where the sun was actually like a black hole yeah yeah it was like um the dark future or something yeah basically yeah so maybe we're seeing some sort of like time warp like vex time warp like vex simulation like how encompassing is that they are time travelers you know they they do they do manipulate space and time so there is some sort of uh you know uh, uh, threads in the space-time continuum and where we have to put 1.21 gigawatts into the flux capacitor (laughs) 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 but uh yeah no that that's a good observation for sure I think it's going to be really interesting and it's going to put a really fun spin on the environment and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is probably the biggest level of environmental storytelling that we've gotten so far. If they end up like literally bringing the entire sandbox into darkness. I think it'll just be for earth, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, who knows? They, they could, I mean, if the sun is, they say the sun didn't rise, like, you know, um, so it's like, who, who knows how they can they do weren't it. specific. Where didn't it rise? Did it not rise in a specific spot or everywhere? Time will tell. Right. Um, we did actually learn about something else. We have a new seasonal six person match made activity. And we saw the override. It's called the override. Um, and it is an arena style battle with portals. And it looks like there were some jumping structures and Vex that we had to kill. It kind of reminds me of uh, the like Vex boss. Uh, prophecy, like a uh, little bit, like some of the structures in the prophecy dungeon, a little bit. See, like, I would say it's, it reminded me of a fusion between the dungeon and the Prison of Elders. Yeah, just because, because it, had, like, this arena style. What they showed was on the reef, like, uh, in the trailer, in parts of that trailer. So I could see why you could say the Prison of Elders, because it was on the reef um, for that uh, part of the uh, trailer, too. Being like in an arena, yeah, I could see that. Are you guys excited for this new six-person matchmade activity? Do you think it will be substantial to the game, or will it be more like? I think it'll be better than Battlegrounds for sure. Yeah, I agree. I just, I, I, I think six-player activities are just better in general when it comes to, you know, a non-strike activity kind of thing. You know, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think it should be more of them mm-hmm. by far. I think it's destiny is one of those games that the more people you can play with, the better. I think there should be a 12 man raid. I mean, we had that 12. Oh man my God. The 12, glitch. 12 man strikes made in raid. Feature. It's so fun. Oh, it was so fun. So chaotic, but also fun. 
<laughs> well, here's here's my thinking. Instead of making an activity like Battlegrounds that's like just easy to complete, they should make an activity that's really hard, that like really feels like an endgame activity. Um, and I understand like not everybody will be able to do them, but if they gave you this, I don't know, like, um, think Prison of Elders, right? It was really tough. But the rewards were like really, really satisfying. And I think that's what they need. Because if you think about the seasonal activities that we've gotten over the past couple of years, like everything that you got from that activity was very throwaway. It didn't feel very special. But I feel if they create a very challenging activity and make it just another form of endgame, I think that it will appeal more to hardcore players and players who just play Destiny as more of an ongoing experience. And I think this would make a ton more sense because think about who would support Bungie on a seasonal basis. It wouldn't be the person who's just checking Destiny out. If you're checking the game out, you're either going to do like the free-to-play path or you'll buy the whatever expansion. The, the the previous major expansion. I think the answer could be difficulty spectrum. You know, having like multiple difficulty options. You know, for the mode, like I could see it start off like as normal, but then as the season progressed, if it like added a harder mode, you know, like a heroic version or something like that, um, kind of like how the menagerie did. You know what I'm saying? Like that, where would have better loot you can get like a chance to get like an ascendant shard and some, you know, more prestige like style weapons, you know, that were uh, in that, in the heroic version of that activity. I, I would agree. I think the menagerie, when it was popping, when that was the thing, I think that was some of the best destiny we've had. Like as far as an activity that truly felt like intuitive to the nature of the game, like that was, it was good. It was a good, well rewarded system. I liked it more when the chess glitch was still there. I think that was excellent. <laughs> the 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 like the uh, the rune um, infu- well, what did they call it? It wasn't like so- the rune socketing for rolls. I thought was excellent. I just thought that whole thing was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and there, because there were so many different things like that that I always would feel like they were missing just a little bit of something. But I liked that, like we load in, we get a random group. There's raid-like uh, mechanics, maybe a little bit easier. I would actually say that they could make those. I, I would say like the one thing that they could do in activities like that is increase the mechanics, decrease the the bullet sponginess of it, make the enemies easier to kill, make the things that you have to do in it almost raid level kind of mechanics you know like like raid um, light mechanics yeah yeah like i mean they they do it to it to a point i think they could still go a little bit further but um in general and then it culminates in uh, a boss kill you know with boss kill loot as well as a chest that you could loot for you know uh, a specific reward or in that case like for a so- for socketed loot i thought it was great when you were actually I, I don't think they should have ever fixed when you were able to just go out d zone and come back in like i thought you should have been able to do that 
you know, maybe actually make again like a feature that does exactly what that was doing. But um, it's funny yeah, we I, did that in D one too when you left yeah. the zone to get the chest and then you'd sparrow back. Right, that was, that so was much for the fun. prison of elder keys. We had so much yes, fun. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yep. It, yeah, those they, are the most fun really times in Destiny. Back. Like they finding are. finding uh, something that maybe the developers didn't intend. But you, it basically becomes an awesome farm, like I a, live for a, a that. Re- really fun farm. I live um, for farmable content. Yeah, and you know, just think if it's out there and we will farm it. Like, look at Omnigal in D one. You know, when we farmed Omnigal over and over again for Grasp of Malak rolls, you know, and things like that. Um, I I think that's something that they always. I feel like they think. That if people are able to farm these using these me- farm these things using these methods for too long, they'll grow tired of the activity. But they're completely wrong. They're the things that make you want to continue to do <laughs> exactly, the exactly. You know, like you'll do if we'll farm that same thing forever. Never too much. Here's an interesting question: Should Bungie allow for you to pretty much melt the boss like we were able to with Omnigal? Because we were able to melt Omnigal before you got to the final room. That was kind of a pain in the ass. Should you be allowed to do that? Should Bungie, like, in the strike, fix these type of problems? In, when in they, the um, which when strike they, is that? Sorry. That's uh, the Will of Crota. That was the Omnigal. Omnigal, right, right. Will of Crota. Yeah. Will of Crota. And if you had a specific build, you were able to pretty much melt the boss before you got to the final. Oh round. yeah, I did that and many times. Raise lighter and dark drinker. Yeah. Like yeah, you just. There was another t- thing I used to do where when I would solo that strike, when you got to the top of that room, because it was occasionally you could, if you were able to get like enough Gallarhorn shots off at the beginning, even if you were by yourself, you could actually kill her. But it was difficult, um, and. Uh, most of the time I would end up having to go to that last room and I would just, you know, the doors would be open unlike they are now. And you could just sort of stay outside the room and shoot oh, we, in. Yeah, stay outside the room. We did that too. That was a strat for sure. But there was one thing that would screw you up was there was a knight that would spawn on that. There was, you know, how oh, when you get yeah. to the top of that hill, there's that mm-hmm. little platform above. Uh, and on the opposite side of the wall, there's the same platform. And there's a right. ad spawning area there. But if you had any um, any sniper rifle with um, over penetrate, you could shoot through the wall between <laughs> the and you could take out the knight that would spawn back there, which was always the thing that killed me. Like that knight would kill you every single time because it would actually fire like right down at the spot that you would stand in to shoot the Gallarhorn at the at Omnigal. Right. So like you needed to be able to kill that knight quick and it was just hard to do if you had to like shoot down and up at him from behind the door. So you just would like literally put your nozzle your the nozzle of the sniper rifle like right up against the wall and just fire through and you kill that knight. <laughs> yeah. I remember making a that was one of the first videos I remember making early on was about that particular strike. I do think you should be able to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Definitely. And hey, we're we're getting more stuff back. We're getting the Vault of Glass. It's coming May twenty second, with all its glory, in four K, high refresh. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Probably the most. I couldn't be more excited. 
Yeah, it's something, you know, it's one of the best pieces of content they've ever made. Like, you know, that's where that's where it all began for us in Destiny. You know, it's like we played that raid so much in D1 and we enjoyed it like so many times just going in there and just perfecting it. See, I think for me, if all they did was add the Vault of Glass as the seasonal whatever, that would that would be same the, because i'm such a big fan this of is the vault of glass this is going to be the best season ever in destiny 2 like like hands down just because having vog back in the game is like it's a game changer basically like so shadow price prediction will i use anything but a fate bringer or a vision of confluence uh after you get it uh no they'll be permanently those. in your primary okay. slot <laughs> okay just want to confirm that yeah (laughs) because i mean they're pretty awesome and we will not get the fusion rifle for quite some time that if if memory and history serves us correctly and they bring the praetorian foil will not be in our immediate future that is a prediction that i am making right here on the destiny also because (laughs) there is going to be a hard mode uh, version of that raid um the difficulty options they said are dropping in July 6 for Vault of Glass. I got a question. Do you we know that Vault of Glass is coming back? Are they going to maintain the original bosses that we fought in the Vault of Glass or will there be any changes? Oh, there'll be changes to those bosses, I'm sure. Uh to update it with Destiny 2's uh they're uh, Atheon will be health gated. Um I'm sure. Um, and I, I don't know about the Templar being health gated, but we're going to, I mean, it's with the contest mode being active, we're going to get hurt a lot. Like those ads are going to hurt. Like, cause not only are you dealing with the boss, you're dealing with all the ads too and everything. Remember, remember how many ads spawn in that raid? You're going to have snipers up on the pedestals. You're going to have, you're going to have the, um, uh, the fanatics charging you, you're going to have wyverns. I'm telling you, they're there. They're going to be there. You're going to have wyverns oh flying around at you. You're such a pain. They're probably going to be champions oh, roaming around too that you're going to have to yes. deal with. Especially in the Templar section, there was a ton of enemies. Are we going to have to deal with confluxes again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Oh, man. Confluxes, <laughs> oracles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That That's staying true. It's just they're adding wrinkles, I'm sure, to, you know, make it a little bit more uncomfortable for us so we don't like blitz through it yeah but wait guardians there's more we're also getting a new season pass exotic called cryosynthesia 77k <laughs> of course we're also getting you put sevens in the name <laughs> <laughs> Of course, we're also getting Vex simulations and a cool hand cannon. <clears throat> In addition to weekly end game missions called, and it's going to be like a whole campaign that's going to evolve each week called Expunge. I'm kind of curious for that. That uh, Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because I think the expunge campaign will probably shed light into 
how and why the Vault of Glass returned, it's going to give us a lot of context, probably, into what we'll be playing in the Vault of Glass and why it's returning and all that good stuff. And I really like the Vex as a race. I think they're one of the coolest it's my favorite enemy races race. in Destiny. Yeah. Uh, really? I thought you would say, uh, what are those things? Elixir? Uh, the Fallen? No, not the Elixir. Not the Fallen. The, uh... The God. Taken? I'm just drawing a blank. Um, the Hive? No, not the Hive. Not the Scorn. The Scorn! Oh, my yes, God, that's my least favorite. I hate the Scorn. <laughs> uh, I thought you would really enjoy the Scorn. Especially no, I like Gambit. Sivo more than I like the Scorn. <laughs> I, liked, I always I liked, liked the Vex. Well, they were my, they're my favorite. I love the Vex. Yeah. The Vex are my Vex favorite. are my favorite, and Venus was my favorite destination in D D one, um, and it's still my favorite all overall destination is Venus. Venus. Guardians, gather your light and prepare for battle because starting May eleventh and going on until August twenty fourth, season of the Splicer will begin. Uh, Bungie also released a landing page with more information about Season of the Splicer. They go on to talk a little bit more about the Endless Night, and here's what they have to say about that. The Vex have plunged the last city into an endless night, threatening the safety once found beneath the watchful presence of the Traveler. It is here, bathed in perpetual moonlight that Ikora reveals the identity of an unlikely ally that may hold the keys to triumphing over this attack. Hmm. Which leads me to believe that I think this is going to last, last city. most of the season. So the last city mm -hmm. is going to be in an endless night. What consists of the last city? That's basically the last safe city. That's uh, what the tower is over. Uh, the, the tower is over the last city. And so is the traveler. So so you would say that like the other destinations aren't part of the last city? No. Yeah, no. Okay. Then we may have gotten our answers about what is turning dark. Yeah, I think it's something specifically. It might just be the tower. Revolving around the traveler, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Like, for example, why does they they specifically quote we need Mithrax because they can talk. He can talk to machines. So why is that important? I mean, obviously, yeah, we have the Vex, but maybe that's not the only machine. The Vex don't seem like something you reason with. Mm -hmm. But there might be others. You know, it might not be the only machine that needs a talking to. Right. I think that leads us into the next thing that's uh, on here too. Yeah. Um. The the helm. Mithrax. Yeah. Kel of House of Light leads a small group of Elixini who wish to be closer to the Traveler. As a sacred splicer, he possesses the knowledge needed to combat the Vex technology that encompasses the last city. There is a bond of light shared here. Will it be enough? We'll find out. 
Yeah, and basically what Wilhelm, Wilhelm was saying, uh, the machine that you know could be talking to, that uh, that server that was in the uh, trailer, that could be that looks like it's going to be an upgrade to the helm, was basically the servitor that was on the um, uh, reser- uh, the the machine boss at the end of um, the um, Scourge of the Past raid. Right. The, uh, uh, what was the name of that? Resurrected Prime? Something Prime. Something. Yeah, something. it's the, but it's the ball Resur- that was in the Insur- chest. Insurrection yeah. Prime. Insurrection Prime, yes. Insurrection Prime. Yeah, the ball, the, the servitor that was inside. By the way, uh, I miss Scourge mm. of the Past. That was a raid I wish stick, stuck around. That was a cool raid. It was. It was short, it was sweet, and I liked it. Besides that, we did touch briefly on the override which will be the six person activity if Bungie messes up it might turn into a 12 person activity only we'll hope. find out <laughs> let's hope and the fire teams of six will use splicer tech to hack the vex network uncover the secrets steal their code and use their power against them i like that so it sounds to me like we're going to have to go into this override mission to get certain weapons that will allow us to really be more powerful against the Vex, just based on what they're saying here. And then I'm really excited. Pinnacle weekly mission called the Expunge. Each week, Guardians will uncover new vulnerabilities within the Vex network and use splicer keys to infiltrate and collapse it from within. Environmental storytelling. I like that. So each week we will get closer to an answer. And they mentioned it was a six week campaign, correct? Uh, yeah, I think the first mission starts on uh, looks like. Um, is it May 25th? I think, yeah, the, it, it, you know what? It's probably tied to the Vault of Glass, finishing us, us finishing the Vault of Glass, because look how it on the calendar. It starts. Oh, I think you're right. It starts after. We're going to talk about the calendar. That, yeah. We're going to talk about it in just a little bit. But before we do, we're going to finish up what more we learned from the new information that is on the season of the Splicer page with Bungie. And we did learn more about the Vault of Glass, the time lost raid returns. Stored away deep in the Vault of Glass on Venus is Atheon. So Atheon's coming back. Time's Conflux. No one knows what the Vex is. Guardians must access the Vault, navigate the fractures in space and time, and terminate Atheon before it can become an unstoppable threat. I think it's already an unstoppable threat because the next part... (laughs) is going to be a completely unstoppable threat on my wallet. Shadow Price, do you want to take this one? Because my stomach cannot. <laughs> it, it's going to be bad. Yeah, uh, Bungie Rewards Good, is going bad. to uh, have something very, um, very enticing for all you Guardians. Uh, dubbed AKA Rip My Wallet. Um, <laughs> which is basically they're going to be introducing a vault of glass a raid jacket um you know for people who do complete it in that time frame and able to purchase that on the bungee store 
and not only just a raid jacket, but a vault of glass ring. <laughs> and it's very, very nice looking ring. It, it's basically shaped like the relic from the vault of glass. Um, and there's also a seal for the triumph that I will be getting. I will be going for that triumph because if there's any triumph that I've ever cared about more, any more, that's the one right there. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's my favorite raid. It's my favorite game. If there's anything I have to buy, it's the raid jacket and the ring and the seal <laughs> and the poster. Uh, yeah, the poster. And who knows I, what I have else. I say that jacket looks <laughs> but, pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. It's pretty good. I have never really been that enticed other than a couple of little things to really, even though I've had those things available to me, I've never really gone out and bought one. But that jacket, I like that jacket. Yeah. I like that jacket too. It's I think that jacket is so many years in the making. So, I mean, I got to do it. You know, I mean, I'm in Florida. I don't need a jacket that's warm like that. Or a jacket at all, man, really. I got to do it. <laughs> I don't need a jacket at all. Right. It's like, but still, I have to do it for the commemoration aspect of the Vault of Glass. And what about that raid ring? Are you guys picking that up? I may have to. I mean, it just looks, it looks so nice. It's such a, just, it'll be an amazing, like, you know, just relic from your time. And it's spent, you know, playing, playing Destiny and Vault of Glass and, you know, just commemorating that, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really cool. I mean, it's really cool when Bungie does this stuff. You know, yes, it's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it's like opening up your wallet again. <laughs> but it's hard to it's hard to you know resist it. I guess I can appreciate the craftsmanship that goes into it. Certainly, the time. Uh, I'll skip on the ring though, just because I'm not a ring guy. <laughs> but but it is it is cool nonetheless. Yeah. And, you know, Wilhelm, that's what makes this so freaking difficult because I'm not a ring guy. I don't I don't own any ring ever, period. Like, I don't wear rings. I wear my wedding, wedding ring. That's pretty much it. There's something about, well, I'm not married. <laughs> <laughs> I have a dog, but, you know. Dogs are um, good. I am committed to them, but not like that. But I got to get that raid ring because it's just, you know, it. I'm not going to wear it, probably. It's just probably going to sit here. But just having it, it, it would be pretty awesome and special. Now, if that was offered so, before yeah. I got married, then, well, I'd be wearing that raid ring right now. <laughs> so if you get the ring, are you, like, technically married to Bungie? I think there's some contractual know. obligation that you uh you have to sign it's, like, it's a one-way partnership though you don't get anything i'm gonna divorce. i'm gonna email a prenup yeah. to bungie with my order of the new raid ring 
<laughs> but wait, Guardians, there is more. We're getting more stuff. I feel like we're getting a lot this season. We're also getting armaments. Over 30 new and reprised legendary weapons to crash the Vex network. Find the perfect weapon, the perfect role, and bring an end to this endless night. The Hunters will be able to feast upon the Orbs of Power, charging their super more quickly and making it more potent. Titan Armor that converts Solar Emission that increases weapon damage and makes them more difficult to lock down with stasis. Well, that's a welcoming change because stasis is a pain in the ass in the crucible and damn it, I think it needs to go. But Bungie won't listen to me, so <laughs> that won't help. And then we have the warlocks. We will condense a warlock rift healing or empowering energy into projectiles that seek out their allies to bless them with noble, noble benefits. I don't know about you, but, you know, where's self-res? Bring self-res back. <laughs> you know, you're going to bring back the Vault of Glass, you bring back Warlock self-res because we know what we're going to do when we get to the boss. I'm just saying. Like, bring it back. Can we all agree, agree on that? I can agree on that. I loved self res. Self res, please. I'm Thank a warlock. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, baby. it was it was a big part of Destiny One. I would never um, been able to solo a nightfall without self res. And if you're gonna bring back self res, I still can't like, solo a nightfall. Bring back my blade dancer too, and 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 my blinking my blinking blade dancer. Yeah, that I, was good too. I would love that. Would be nice. I too. would love to have that. That was my class. That that's what I rocked in D one. That's probably why I don't play. I played mostly hunters in D one. I play exclusive. Well, not exclusively, but a majority of the time I play warlock in D two because um, PvP and blink. Mm hmm. Yep. That was that was my thing. I, I loved using the blink and the blade dancer. I would use like mask of the third man in the beginning to get that extra mm -hmm. like time with the um, the super on on kills. Um, but then once you discovered Bones of Ao, like once you got a Bones of Ao, then I put those around a lot. I didn't take those off for a while. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, I used to run, um, other than Blink, I would run, um, yeah, Bones with, um, double, uh, throwing knife grenade, uh, double throwing knives mm -hmm. and a, uh, and a thorn. So you could just like pop, pop and throw the throwing knife and they were dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we're also getting some more stuff that's kind of interesting as part of the season pass. And there are some pretty major changes that are coming to the season pass next season. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But uh, Bungie did show us a little bit of a preview of what we'll be getting next season. We have Gear XP and Rewards. This season, we will instantly unlock the new exotic Stasis Sidearm. We'll also get bonus XP boosts that speed up seasonal rank progression and rewards that unlock with them. We're getting new exotic Stasis Sidearm. As a token of friendship, Mithrax bestows Guardians with cryosthesia 77k i think i pronounced it right 
We'll see. <laughs> a stasis-powered sidearm with liquid cooling tech. Hmm. Liquid cooling tech? What is it? A computer build? Okay. Like <laughs> we're using liquid cooling. Seventy-seven K. That's that her processor, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I seven. It's like it sounds like they're talking about a computer build with a seventy seven hundred K with liquid cooling. It's like, yeah, I got it. It's been in my computer for years, bro. Oh man. And then we have the splicer gauntlets, sacred splicer tech that can be charged with ether and used to hack the Vex network. Access conflux chests and unlock splicer upgrades. Ooh, conflux chests. Interesting. And then, but wait, there's more. Universal ornaments that unlock the new season of the Splicer. Universal ornaments and augments that look, that take the look of any piece of armor in your collection. I'm sorry, but I'm not excited about ornaments because they ruined it when they said you can only earn 10 or 20 because of a celebration and you have to grind your ass off or you can pay us some money. And you can just have at it. That kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> I don't know what you both think, but. The good old transmog armor synthesis debate. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I mean, we're going to have this debate in length. The podcast is back. We're going to have many opportunities to talk about this. But like. Will you be supporting this? Because for me, I think that the minute that they kind of made it an anti consumer thing because i think that the way they are structuring it is just it's not right like like it's they're gonna have to go back and fix it because it's too grindy it's too limiting and essentially for you to get everything that you want you may have to spend quite a bit of money i think i'm at two minds of this um we're going to be playing the game anyways this season right we're going to play the game. We're going to grind out Vogue. We're going to grind out the uh, the new activity and the, uh, the, you know, the story missions and things like that. Um, I think we're going to come to the end of the sea towards, you know, after we've gotten the, the material we need for all this, after we've done playing the game for the season. Well, not done playing the game, but when we've gotten all the materials that we need for it. And I think we'll mess around with it then. I, I don't feel compelled to have to spend money because I'm going to play the game next season. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to play the game and then I'm going to check this out afterwards Um, because I can't judge it until I play it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I guess my, my initial impression was kind of negative about it, so I kind of tuned out at the thought of it. I think it looks cool. I think the idea of it is cool. But the implementation probably needs to be fixed a bit because right, it's their I'm first sorry, iteration of it. You know, it's 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 yeah. their first kind of like form of transmog. And yes, people who've played MMOs, they're like, oh, this, what is this? Like this, there, this is like a grind fest, or you got to spend money. But but I didn't. I, I've never really played thing. those games before, though. So I don't. I will say one thing yeah. in their defense, and this is something that I brought up to you like uh, a few weeks back. You got to remember that Bungie as a company, they have to make money in order to pay their employees. Mm -hmm. 
they're going into a period now where they will no longer be getting money because they would otherwise have released new content that is now delayed. Because of this, they need to supplement that revenue stream. Right, which Queen's not and coming until next this year. This is probably the only thing they could have come up with. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, being on the outside looking in, like, if you don't know about their development cycle, like, you may judge it and think, like, this is really sleazy of them to do. But maybe this was the only way they could financially make it work. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I personally didn't really understand the point of contention about this when it first became a thing. Like, I've never really been that big of a, um, never really been as much into the cosmetic side of Destiny mm. as a lot of people are. I know it's a... We fairly... like the guns. We like the shooties. Yeah, I, I always kind of just like whatever, I was more utilitarian, I think, when it came to gear and, and things like that. Like, I would usually just go with something that was uniform regardless of what it looked like uh for like my my the guys in my clan would kind of tease me a little bit because like i never used anything like i have like forty eight thousand bright dust because i've just never bought like anything you know um but uh, i would say that it's not dissimilar to what most games do and some don't even let you you know some give you some stuff for free sure um, and then you have to buy the rest, which maybe they could have done um, versus making, you know, you, you play and earn stuff um, in order to do something and they, or, or buy it. Uh, but I actually kind of, you know, I, I don't think it would be as interesting if there wasn't something you, ha- you could actually earn through playing. Um, maybe they could have done that as well as give you some stuff for free, you know, just without having to earn it earn it in any way um but like you said it's the first iteration of something it's bound to change it's inevitably going to change eventually you know, right somewhere down the road right yeah and and that's how i feel about it because in the end you're going to get the people who yes obviously they care about their appearance and you know there are people that are going to you're going to buy them buy silver right away for some of this stuff you know but then you're going to get the people who are going to be like there's a cool couple sets that I really like, like the Vogue set, of course. I think I will turn that into a universal ornament to put that's on. That's it. I'm going to do that yeah. because I love the, the Vogue, Vogue set. Yeah. Like armor. I love the aesthetic of Vogue, the Vogue gear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just want to be clear about one thing. My issue with it isn't the fact that you have to earn these items through gameplay. I think that's totally fine. But if you look at the steps that you have to go through in order to earn them, I think that it very strongly encourages you to just buy it because at that point, like, it becomes not worth your time. And I don't think that this is good game design. I think that, you know, it is poor game design. And I think me and Shadow Price talked about this uh, a week ago or so. My fear is that Destiny will become a game that monetizes um, like a free-to-play game because of the free-to-play aspects that it has while also charging players all this money for content. And it's like, I don't mind paying $80 for a new expansion with a season pass, but it's like, if I have to do that and then I have to spend a ton of money 
for microtransactions to have that full experience, that's not cool. Like, I would rather see these universal ornaments be put behind challenging activities, pinnacle activities that will extend my gameplay rather than give me this bullshit, tedious grind that will end up leading me to just decide on just buying whatever I want because it's just not worth the time commitment. Did they say, I don't know if they, maybe I missed it, is there any added bonus to the season pass as far as Transmog is concerned? Just having the season pass, having bought the entire season versus a free-to-play player? Or I don't they, think they have. I don't, I, I don't think so. I don't think, because don't that would be a thing. Like, that would make me maybe say, well, that was probably poorly planned because season pass holders should get, I'm not saying they should get everything, um, there should still be exclusive stuff that's behind a paywall. I think that's always, I think a, a company like Bungie with a game like this, they should always be able to hold on to the option of doing something like that um, for certain things. I would say for people who are free to play, it should be you have to earn it exclusively. I do think that if you are someone who's bought a season pass, um, that there should be some more access right up front uh i also think that like to a certain extent if you know when i when you know you talk about the grind to to earn what are the what is the item exactly that allows you to transmog i can't remember the name of it oh man there's like four things like four you things? have to okay well any of those there's, things there's a whole process um, whatever process by which you need to do to earn those i kind of look at it as a challenge of well, I know what I'm going to be trying to do. If if everybody's, you know, thinking about how they want to earn this particular thing, that's the thing that I want to figure out. Well, what's the fastest way to earn this thing? And those kind of things, as we've discussed in the past, are sort of what makes uh, Destiny a lot of fun, is when you, you're trying to find the quickest way from point A to point B, having a synergy going with your loot rewards and stuff like that. Like, you always want to be trying to do more than one thing at once. So, you know, right. You want to maximize your, your, your play, you know, play time and everything like that. You want to, yeah. You want to get the most out of it. Most out of it. And there's, and that's sort of what destiny is. It's like, it's a, you know, it's, it's a sandbox where there's multiple, there's always several things you can do. And if you can, Whatever you're, if you, whatever you can find to do that is, um, or uh, allows you to access multiple activities at once, you're probably doing the right thing. So whatever allows you to get the most from multiple aspects of the game at once is probably the thing you should be doing. Yeah, I mean, are these steps uh, kind of excessive? Defeat enemies to earn Sinstrand. Spend synth thread on bounties to earn synth cord. Convert synth cord at the loom in the tower into synth weave. Use synth weave to convert an unlocked armor piece, legendary quality or lower, from your collections into a universal armor ornament. It's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's certainly a lot, but we mm-hmm. don't know how accessible all those things are going to be. Right. They could be all over the place. You could be picking them up like you're picking up legendary shards. You know, you don't really we know. We won't know until we play. Right. I have a feeling yeah. because there's so many it's going to be a scaled system like almost everything else they've done in their economy where whatever the first thing is, it's probably going to be everywhere. Whatever the second thing is will probably be, you know, it'll be like um, when you used to buy an enhancement core uh, from Spider, you know? 
uh, and then you can kind of scale up uh, the accessibility. You know, ultimately, I'm sure that last thing will be about as rare as an ascendant shard. So something along those lines with every aspect of the economy, you know, elsewhere. So, you know, from from glimmer to legendary shards to enhancement cores to enhancement prisms, you know, just take those and that economy tier list and apply it to this. And you'll probably be, you know, close. Right. You just have to remember once you have enough of that synth strand to go to the tower and right. the bounties you know, right. f for that next material that you need. Like, I guess we won't really know for sure until it actually comes out. Certainly, yeah. Yep. That's when we'll know. So, Guardians, we have one more thing to talk about tonight. We have a pretty juicy Bungie Weekly Update this week. Shadow Price, do you want to dive into what we learned about in this week's Bungie Weekly Update? Yeah, uh, so we got the reveal for the season of the Splicer, um, and spoilers are incoming. If you did, do watch the trailer. If you guys haven't watched the trailer then and you want to stay spoiler-free, you know, until the new season starts on Tuesday, then, you know, that's that's your prerogative, you know, and we... You can tune out, although we already talked about pretty much everything in the videos, so we probably should have told you to... Yeah, that's right. We we kind of did. <laughs> We're beyond. But if you're listening, this point. if you're listening to this, you 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 can expect that though, pretty much. So, um, so yeah, we talked about the seasonal, uh, the seasonal splicer, and there's a new seasonal calendar, and it's basically you know it's on the website, uh, it's on the page that we're uh, going to be, you know, having the intro missions um or the endless night the intro mission basically so you're going to be able to do the first mission on may 11th uh with also some new stasis aspect quests that requires destiny 2 beyond light and the first override mission for europa which uh that requires your season of the splicer and then you know we're going to be doing a various a bunch of other things as the season progresses, the weekly pinnacle missions, uh, starting after the Vogue Vault of Glass, which is on May 22nd, um, leading all the way up to Solstice of Heroes is uh, returning this season too. You guys remember Solstice of Heroes? How could we forget? Huh? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Every Every year when it launches, I fall short to get all of my characters completed yeah i get my hunter done each year but i never get all three for some reason yeah but i digress yeah same sometimes I'll, i've gotten two done but that's been it Mm-hmm. same it's just it's super grindy so i hope they do something to change it up this year a little bit um so they need to yeah but we got the rewards previews uh, basically we're going to, uh, be able to embrace the splicer lifestyle with their new armor. And there's going to be a change to the way, there's gonna be a change to the way the rewards are, uh, for the ornaments, the seasonal armor, I believe that we're going to get, uh, we're going to be able to get these from, uh, focus engrams and, uh, the seasonal activities. 
instead of just from the season pass like we were accustomed to. What do you guys feel about that change? I'll let you take it first. <laughs> um, I think I'm neutral about it. Yeah. Like, I don't care so much about, like, things and how they make you look. And, I mean, I have 30,000 bright dust. I don't really spend a lot of it, you know. Agreed. I have 45,000 so bright really dust. I don't care so much. <laughs> wow. Maybe more. I don't even remember. It's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, yeah, they go on to say the season rank levels that once featured armor have been updated with packages of Glimmer, Legendary Shards, Upgrade Modules, Exotic Engrams, Enhancement Cords, and Enhancement Prisms. So basically more of uh, the economy, things in the economy. Which that makes sense. Um and on the seasonal track, there'll be three uh, weapons to earn. Uh, season pass owners will unlock the exotic sidearm on the day one of the season as soon as they claim their first reward. And then you can also get the shotgun and the heavy machine gun as you level up, too. That's nice. As well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And also new weapons will be available through the Umbral Engrams and Override Completions. And those are the ones... Looks like a... Another sidearm. I think one might be a grenade launcher and maybe a pulse and I think an auto rifle or submachine gun. Um, pretty cool aesthetic, though, to them, I feel like. They have more of an alien look to them, I think. Which That's is always fun. Kind of cool, yeah. Um, so basically... There'll be new. Uh, also, you'll receive a the, a quest to earn the Null Composure Fusion Rifle. It is a new weapon uh, that you'll get in this uh, new season. And then once you get the weapon, you can collect skins from Gambit, Crucible, and Vanguard to theme the weapon to your style. Uh, I like that. Yeah, it's what they've done the past few seasons. You know, they did it with uh, Adored in beyond light and they did it with what what was the salvager salvo this season right so like i feel like the one complaint that players had with the whole seasonal ladder and and how you rank up is that the weapons that you acquire especially the exotics felt like you didn't really earn them it's just part of your season pass uh so it makes the weapon feel less special and they have less I guess incentive as developers to make the weapon like more badass and really cool to you know like make it something that you can really earn and use in the game. So I think this new system moves much closer to allowing you to earn the things that the game gives you more than just here. Well they still give you that exotic in the beginning. It's that sidearm. They're still yeah, giving it to but, you already. But the... they seem to be moving away from that in, in like the null compo- composer. Oh yeah, that I think that's going to be a le- that's a legendary, um, if I'm not mistaken. But no, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, and then we're also going to be getting uh, three other weapons basically for the playlists. 
Uh, looks like a new grenade launcher. A hand cannon that looks like the Duke hand cannon. And a submachine gun. Um, that looks like the Gambit focus weapon. So basically there's going to be uh, a total of four weapons per activity because of the ones from Beyond Light. So four weapons total that should be able to learn from Crucible, Gambit, and Stripes. That um, submachine gun looks exactly like the Iron Banner machine gun. Yeah. Yeah, it does, actually, doesn't it? I didn't think about that. And also, uh, for the new new season, that's going to be in the Nightfall uh, playlists. Um, and also on starting on June 22nd, when Grandmaster Nightfalls make their returns, you'll be able to get the adept versions of it. Looks like we are getting back the hung jury from D1. Who, who, who all remembers that gun? The hung I, jury. Do you remember that gun? I remember Dude, I enjoyed the hung I jury. I didn't take that weapon off for like, man, at least a year. Yeah. That was like my go-to scout. So I'm very excited for hung jury to come back. Yep. It was a really awesome scout with a god roll at the vendor, <laughs> actually, in D1. I, I had that god roll. Yeah. Um, also, the Irene RR4 sniper, very high impact Amalon sniper, too, that uh, definitely was in my Ooh. Uh, That was um, a good one. Loadout. That, that had a yeah. one-shot roll on it. The luck in the chamber one, right? Yeah, that was a <laughs> Yeah. I like yep. that one. Yep, me too. And then help me settle this debate. What is that fusion rifle? It looks like it might be either Light Beware or Plug 1.1. It I is from Destiny 1. Um, I believe it's either the vanilla Destiny model, uh, Light Beware, or the Plug 1.1 from The Dark Below. The Dark Below one was the one that I thought it was, but... Um... Yeah, that's what I thought it was too, but it could also be Light Beware, just they use the orange skin instead of the blue skin. Right. So I'm trying to remember if there was anything else that looked like that. Um, I, I so. there were some that looked like that, but not that exact look. I felt like, I feel like, um, but very cool. D one weapons coming back more D one weapons guys. Now when's the icebreaker coming? That's what I want. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Secret Exotic, the Icebreaker. Oh, man. I would pay for the Icebreaker. If they just said, you know what, we're just going to charge you money for the Icebreaker, I'd be like, here, take my money. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Absolutely. But I don't want the nerfed Icebreaker. I want the OG Icebreaker. I don't want them messing with, like, the, the amount of time it takes for me to get my ammo back. Like, that was BS. And it looks like there's going to be a new pulse rifle from the seasonal offering. Um, I don't know if they showed that in here. Um, unless it, oh wait, unless it's the um, one that we talked about earlier from the, uh, to get from the umbral engrams that um, was mentioned. And I guess it says it has a little kick on it. So I guess we'll have to see when we get it. Does anybody um, feel like they could do with less umbral engrams at the moment? <laughs> oh my god i get them like candy oh man yeah like it's crazy do, and you know what the frustrating thing is they don't help you level up in any no. way 
They used to be no, cool I mean, because you used to be able to turn them in and it, there was a chance you'd get an exotic from them. That right. was cool. Bring that back. <laughs> Agreed. Um, it looks like there's going to be some... Uh, with uh, We're going to have uh, update 3. Point, there's a patch uh, note preview uh, for uh, 3.2.0. Abilities, aspects, and fragments, and they're gonna have new colorblind support features for uh, Thanks, stasis abilities, uh, which is, includes enemy crystals, enemy squall, enemy dust field, and enemy bleak watcher. Uh, player highlighting the crucible now also has colorblind support, so that's uh, good quality of life change right there. Kind of surprised that that wasn't actually in already. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Bungie tends to be pretty good about these kind of things with making isn't, do we, accessibility. But isn't there a colorblind support available. already in the game? Is it di this is different? This is for apparently they this did, is for the stasis, the, uh, oh, stasis okay. subclass. Yeah. Because sometimes it can be very, um, I guess, uh, hard to make out the enemies and things like that through the the color could mess with you know people who have who are susceptible being colorblind, right? Um, so I could see this being a little easier on their eyes. So. Yeah, I think that's a good quality of life change. So I have no issues with that. You know what mm -hmm. I would love to see as a quality of life change is auto delete blues that I would love to see. <laughs> or, I mean, if they gave us blues that make, we keep, you know, that we'd care about like the ones from D1, there was a lot of blues, that, a lot of cool some, blues in D1s. There was some good blues in d1 <laughs> if they made me and you know if what? they made me care about blues i wouldn't have to worry about wanting to delete them like if i got the bronze miyamoto in d2 i would keep that because that was super cool <laughs> getting some of those weapons from d1 like there was some just hidden gems i was scrolling through the the destiny tracker it showed me the armory from d1 there's so many blues in d1 like I felt like that was a, you felt more, I don't know, they felt more special, I guess, because there were so many more of them. And like, you know, and I just wish, I mean, I we're going to always love our legendaries, but I would, I would like Bungie to make us care about blues again. I don't know. I, I know I'm going to die on that hill. Like, I know <laughs> I'm probably the only one, <laughs> but um, I don't know. <laughs> Moving on, uh, there's going to be some subclass tuning to the hunters, so we're going to get a little bit more tuning, you know, to the uh, stasis. This is probably what myself and other people have been asking for. So uh, the freeze detonation from si for hunters, the freeze detonation from Silence and Squall has been reduced from 12 meters to 8.5 meters in radius, and the enemy squall now has a red ring to define area as it approaches. Uh, Titans, the Shiver Strike melee energy is now refunded when Glacial Quake ends. And they fixed an issue in which players can trigger Whisper of Torment by standing in an opponent's barricade. Cool. For Warlocks... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just commenting on that. I was just going, huh. I didn't realize that was a thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, for Warlocks, Shadebinder, uh, Bleak Watcher Aspect now grants two fragment slots. Uh, Chaos Reach... 
they fixed an issue with Chaos Reach Super that was allowing it to penetrate some thin walls or objects enough to damage the kill opponents on the other side. And yes, I was victim to that. I would be killed through a wall with that Chaos Reach. Like, I'm like, I'm on the other side of the wall. How am I getting hit by this thing? <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully... Well, now we know. We won't be now. <laughs> hopefully if we are literally behind cover, we won't be killed through a wall. <laughs> How funny would it be if Bungie implemented a system where, like, if you want this new feature, you have to have the latest season. And if you don't, then you have the old system. <laughs> that would be That would be don't, mean. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> but it would be funny, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad uh, Stacey's new... getting a little bit of a work over. That's... Yeah. We'll see how effective it is. Yeah. Uh, nav mode, uh, menu that appears when pulling out your ghost. Uh, they made some changes with that. Um, so it's separated bounties from quests in nav mode. All bounties now appear in nav mode. They can no longer be tracked as a result. Uh, category switching on keyboard and mouse can now be controlled with a scroll wheel. Hmm. And they track to triumph, track triumph now appears in its own nav mode category. Well, that's cool. So, um, it sounds like it would be a little bit cramped by having all of the bounties appear in nav mode, but I could be wrong, and I might have to just see how it turns out when they... Yeah, might need to wait it. and see how that one works. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds cool. So uh, um, It's a wait-and-see kind of thing. It sounds cool, but like I can see things go wrong. Yep, they've made some more UI changes, too. Uh, the Legends added to the Director Destinations tab now. This is where you'll also find a vault of glass in just a few weeks. Um, led or shortcut between HUD quest step notifications and quest details screen added for keyboard and mouse users. Uh, 6v6 crucible activities have an updated intro experience now. And when you cycle through your teammates, you can cycle through your teammates to view metrics associated with activity you're entering. Interesting. Just slight tweaks to uh, some of the uh, existing activities in the game. So that, when they say like an an intro, is that what they said? An intro? Yeah, yeah. An updated intro experience. Oh, maybe we it's, get the old like slam the flag down or something else. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It, if they bake in the end game rewards screen, I will be so happy. Let me just tell you, <laughs> if it just happens on my cruise, the first Crucible match... I might like just gasp and like joy because I loved that thing. I love seeing what everybody got and everything. I just thought that was a nice little touch in the game. I agree. Agreed. It's the little Agreed. things. I'm telling it you. It is the little things. Yeah. Uh, the helm. They're making updates to the helm and now appears in the director destinations tab. Move from the tower map. Thank you. And has its own map. Uh, focus umbral engrams and prismatic recaster. Umbral engrams now auto decrypt when focused via the prismatic recaster. Uh, the visual states for focusing options on the prismatic recaster have been streamlined to reduce visual clutter and confusion. More quality of life. Okay. <laughs> I can, can get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're making changes to Glory, Valley, Valor, and Infamy changes. Uh, Glory, Valor, and Infamy reputations have had their internal systems rebuilt to unify implementation. In-game players should expect minimal perceived changes. 
uh, the unified the uh, glory, valor, infamy, rank, reputation tracking tracking. Uh, before Forsaken, Glory and Valor had only major ranks, Guardian and Brave, etc. And after Forsaken, Glory and Valor gained sub-ranks, Brave 1, 2, and 3, alongside Infamy. However, all the historical track and lifetime ranks and quest usage still use the original major ranks. Now the sub-ranks are now referred to simply as ranks, and all usage has been converted to use them, to use them when appropriate, i.e. all lifetime values and quest targets have been multiplied by 3. Did you guys get all that? <laughs> I think I got about 90% of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so glory playlists no longer block Valor win streaks from declining. So that's cool. That's cool. Uh, the, the Valor badge now appears on the trials launch screen. Uh, infamy win streak bonus is now linear, plus 35 points per win. Glory win streak bonus is now linear, plus 20 points per win. Uh, no, with the eventual update to Vanguard Reputation, players should be ready to spend their Vanguard tokens during Season of the Splicer. So, I guess they're going to make some changes to the way the Vanguard Reputation is... Uh, Progressing. Now, so, Yeah. So that's cool. Um, so there's going to be some Eververse changes. Uh, our favorite Eververse... Uh, there's going to be archive filtering, which players can now easily filter the offerings in the storefront archive tab. Uh, per numerous community requests, we've added exotic uh, weapon and armor ornaments from previous seasons to the archive tab. Uh, bright engrams, spawn, ef spawn effects and shaders are now standalone items in bright engrams. Um, bright engrams can no longer decrypt into duplicates of these items. And a small amount of glimmer will be awarded when decrypting bright engrams. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all, all small changes, but hopefully helpful, it sounds like. Yep. Just a lot of QOL changes, sounds yep. like here. Uh, momentum Control and Team Scorch have uh, returned and will be available as part of the weekly playlist rotation. I like Momentum Control. It reminded me of Team SWAT. From uh, Halo. I like, uh, yeah. Um, I like Scorch. There was something you could, i trying to remember what you could farm for in Scorch, but there was really? some. The, was, the games went so fast. Yeah, too. yeah. Anything that was, anything that required, like, just um, a lot of completions in the Crucible. Um, yeah. You could, like, use Scorch. It was, uh, and Mayhem. Yeah. Mayhem. Yep. Yep. Those two definitely are. We want to get stuff done quick. Yeah. Uh, they added repeatable bounties to Shawhan and the Crucidome. Cru Cos Cosmodrome. Uh, they fixed an issue causing Vaulted Gear to erroneously drop from strike unique loot lists. Um, hmm. I.e. the long goodbye, I believe, we were getting a drop in 1100 in that uh, Inside Terminus strike. Um, they added a full suite of trace rifle focused armor mods to the game. Yay! Finally, trace rifle. You can get scavenger perks and probably reserves for trace rifles. Finally, yay! That's a good change. That is a good change. Yeah, uh, for those divinity users out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the divinity users. Um, 
there's going to be a change to uh, seasonal titles and Bungie rewards. Uh, Season of Chosen ends on May 11th. So you can view the update 3.2 timeline for what time it will end and the season of Splicer begins. Uh, before the season ends, players who earned Chosen, Conqueror, and Flawless tiles should claim and equip them to ensure they don't get removed. Remember, before the season ends, make sure you, if you earned it, you equip it. It's a good tip. Uh, multiple Bungie rewards should also be earned in-game before May 11th and claimed on Bungie Rewards site by May 14th by 9.59 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Uh, Europa Penguin Fingerine uh, is also part of this. The Chosen Seal Pin, players should equip the title to ensure that it is earned. The Hawkmoon Long Sleeve Shirt, a Guardian Games Gold Medal Pin, and the Guardian Games 2021 Jacket. Uh, seasonal challenges. Uh, when the season of Chosen ends, the season of the Splicer begins. Seasonal challenges from the season of Chosen will be retired. Any seasonal challenge that are required to upgrade the war table in the helm will still be able available to complete. And dismantle those shaders. Get Definitely your, dismantle all the shaders. I'm way ahead of you yeah, on that one. Get your glimmer and your <laughs> legendary shards for that. Yeah. Now, do you guys? Uh, I'm assuming you're both. You both have the seasonal passes. Um, Yes. Do you guys hold on to everything, no, never from heard of it. anything you haven't used since till last season until you like work your way up to level cap and then use it to like, you know, access your last season's gear so that you can power level a little bit? Because that's definitely something I used do. to do that. Um, I don't know if I'll do that next season, though. Um, it might not I'm be not necessary. Sure. We're not going that far. So, yeah. If, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's only ten power. It's only ten. They're only going up to like yeah thirteen. They yeah, yeah they they went back to a smaller uh, power increase, which which I think they will cut the amount of pinnacles that we can get in like half probably. Yeah. Then if that's the case, it's usually a thing you do kind of more at the beginning of a of a full DLC rather than the season. Yeah. Yeah. But I might still um, do it anyway. <laughs> There is uh, a maintenance timeline. Um, Friday, May 7th, Destiny 2 will undergo maintenance in preparation for Destiny 2 Update 3.2. Uh, below is the timeline for the events. Note that sometimes uh, may be subject to change in the maintenance period. Um, 9 a.m. Pacific uh, Daylight Time, maintenance begins. Uh, 9.45 a.m., players will be moved from activities. And uh, 2 p.m. Pacific uh, Daylight Time, players will be able to log back into Destiny 2. And 3 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Destiny 2 maintenance is expected to conclude. Is that tomorrow? Did I what, read that right? What was the date? May 7th. May 7th, that's, May 7th, that's yeah, tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. They, oh, they, wow. The game is going to be down for about four hours, if that's the case. Yeah, it looks like it. Hmm. Yeah. Guess I'll have to go play a racing game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then on the Tuesday, May 11th, uh, maintenance for deployment update 3.2 will begin. And below is the timeline for the events. Uh, 9 a.m. Pacific uh, Daylight Time, maintenance begins. 9.45, the players will be removed. And by 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, you'll be able to... Uh, download update 3.2 across all platforms and regions and you'll be able to log back into destiny 2 and then maintenance will conclude at 11 a.m pacific daylight time and everybody will be happy <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And I think that is the the twab, ladies and gentlemen. The conclusion. No, we have one more thing. Foreshadow price. <laughs> <laughs> some news. Bungie is currently investigating some issues relating to low performance on PCs. So TBD on that. See, I told you it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys mostly play on PC? I did. Until my performance <laughs> took a shit. <laughs> I do both, like PC and Xbox. I was on Xbox originally and then was on PC for quite a while. And then recently with the new consoles coming out, um, my whole whole clan, which are primarily a bunch of Xbox guys, all migrated back from PC over to Xbox. So I followed them over. Do you have the Series X nice. or the Series I, I just S? bought an S. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. That's cool. How does it run on the Series S? Uh good. I mean, it's it's um, sixty frames. I can get for PVE. I can get one hundred and twenty for PVP. Oh, yeah. even one hundred twenty in Crucible. Wow. Still yeah, you just need the monitor. Series S. Interesting. Um, nice. Yeah, one hundred twenty. Is it ten eighty? Is it ten eighty p? One twenty. I think it's twelve. I think it's higher than that. It's fourteen forty. Whoa, really? Oh, wow. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. So that must be the so, same then on the PS5 and the Series X then, I guess, I'm guessing. Uh, the, PS, the, this, the PS5 and the Series X, I think, are 4K at 60 frames. Oh, no, they can get 120, like, in Oh, well, yeah, they, 4K at 120, I think. I think. Whoa. 4K yeah. 120? I think so. I, I couldn't imagine not being... I mean, the, the 120 option is there, and they're... They're native 4K, so I couldn't imagine that they would dock PvP specifically for that. All my friends say that it's 4K 120 frames, but I don't know. I, I don't have it, so maybe they do reduce it for PvP? I would think that they would. I think it would be 1440, 120. Well, you know what? Tomorrow, I'm supposed to be getting a, um, a oh, fancy that's tomorrow, isn't it? 4K TV, yep. Ooh with uh 120 hertz so we'll find out uh, because i do have destiny on both the xbox series x and i have it on ps5 and i have it on pc Are you were able to get a ps5 so, lucky you <laughs> i got very lucky with my consoles and i got a rtx 3070 so i oh, got like you triple got the 3070. lucky wow you, yeah. you were able and to I got a 3070 cop them all <laughs> I do want a 3080, but you know you can't always get what yeah. you want, and you gotta make sacrifices. I'll take it. World. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First world problems. Yeah. So, guardians, we have come to that time where we get to rate this week's giant Bungie Weekly update, <clears throat> and we do it here on the Destiny Show in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five. So between one and five, as our guest Wilhelm, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update? Um, can I do four and a half spicy tuna rolls? You can. Yes, you may. You can absolutely do that. I like it. And why four and a half? Why? Why did you take? Well, I always like to give five? a little bit of room for improvement, but overall, okay, it generally conveyed a good sense of uh effort to improve the community i guess um the quality of life in the community but also um 
you know, it's, I always like to see a timeline and this is a good timeline and I'm looking forward to, you know, everything that's going to be coming down the pike. I don't think I would really give any sort of, uh, twab a negative rating, um, or lower than a four, uh, so long as, you know, they're giving me the information that I, uh, so long as I'm not looking forward to what's coming next, you know, as long as I'm looking forward to what's coming, uh, all the information I get every week from them is is a plus. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's that's uh that's a good way of thinking. And uh Shadow Price, what about you? What would you give this week's Bungie weekly update? I think I'm gonna have to give it a man. I think I'll I gotta give it a five. I, I'm just I'm excited for the season because Vogue returning and I like what I saw in the TWAB. Like it was very information heavy and a lot of people, you know, are put off by that, but I like knowing also, you know, what to expect, especially in the quality of life department. But I also like, you know, I like seeing some of that nostalgia. I love seeing those D one weapons mm-hmm. return. Yeah. And agreed. it is it, it's a big selling point for me. And I don't know what it is. Like I have so much nostalgia for this game. Like when I see stuff from D one. So, um, yeah, they hit the nostalgia, uh, feels for me. So I'll give it a five. Awesome. And yeah, man, I think, uh, I think I'm going to have to do the same thing. I think that, uh, it was just, really really good i think that this bungee weekly update really hit all the points that matter to me um it was great to see them talk about the vault of glass and showing us all the cool stuff that we'll be getting and to be honest i think they over delivered this season based on everything that we saw and everything that we got as far as new information so yeah i would give it a five out of five it was the perfect update it makes me really excited for the next couple months in the game, and uh, I, I can't wait to play. I'm, I'm all in. Can't wait for the raid jacket, can't wait for the ring, can't wait for the Vault of Glass to come back, and the, the campaign that's coming each week, and six-person activity. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Are you guys going for a day one raid? We're going to try. I'm going to try to go for a day one raid think, uh, for sure. I think the Iron Lords are looking to do it. We kind of all know it. We tried to do it for um, Thiefstone Crypt, but we weren't able to get all the way through in time. But I think because everybody kind of knows this raid already, I think we'll be able to do it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I think we're in agreement that this was a really exciting update. Lots of really great stuff. So Guardians, that's our vote. We got two fives and a 4.5 spicy tuna rolls. So Guardians, we have come to that time where we get to wrap things up for the evening. Thank you so much for joining us. It is so great to be back, Guardians. Thank you so much for your patience, for your support, and for joining us tonight with an amazing, amazing guest. 
Wilhelm, thank you so much for being our guest tonight. It was such a pleasure, such an honor to have you on. Thank you so much for staying late. It was such an honor to get to know you. And uh, it was an absolute blast. So thank you. Thank you for your time. And uh, before we let you go, where can the Guardians learn more about you and what you do? Well, this was I, I this was my honor to be here, really. Thank you so much. Uh, it was an, so much fun. I love talking about this game at length, as well as just gaming in general with uh, like-minded individuals such as yourselves. Um, you know, you've been great hosts and uh, yeah, appreciate it so much. Hopefully, maybe we can, you know, get some gaming going on sometime in the future. That would, I'd love to do that. Um, but yeah, we have all the uh, consoles. Oh yeah, we, we, PCs, can, so. we can do it up anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that would, that would be, um, so much fun. And, you know, just in general, I love getting to talk with people more that maybe I've observed from afar, but as it is in, in social media, sometimes, you know, you know, people, but you don't ever really get the chance to talk. So it's always great when you get that opportunity. Um, you can find me at, um, uh, Wilhelm scream destiny on YouTube. I think if you search that, I think you'll find me. Uh, or Wilhelm Scream on Twitter uh, or on Instagram. Um, and yeah, in general, just continuing to put out the, the content and looking forward to what's next. Awesome. And yeah, and thank you so much for being here with us. It was such a pleasure, such an honor. And of course, Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you and all the great things that you do? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. Um, also on here, we're back. We're back on the Destiny Show podcast. So happy to be back. Absolutely. And Guardians, thank you so, so much again for joining us tonight. We are back. The Destiny Show is here. We're live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, Although next week, we're going to be on at a very special time, 9 p.m. Eastern time, with a special guest on the show. He is none other than Remy from Guardian One. Ooh, good guest. So we're really excited to have him on the show next week, and uh, we hope you're able to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean and every major podcast platform. So thank you, Guardians, for joining us tonight. You can also find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show or on Instagram at Destiny Show Podcast. And we have a website that is getting a refresh very soon at DestinyShow.com. So Guardians, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we'll see you all next week. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.